I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. soldier 
in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. 
Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate. And your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm. And keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail. And then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, filing other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. to recruit for a militia. God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Even 
to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. v Hello, Patriots. So what's up, fuckers? How was your death? Good to see you, and uh, glad Welcome to hear back. your wife is doing much better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's happy to be home and out of that hospital. Oh, shit. It's, a, it's some freaky shit these days. Think about it. You get into a car wreck, or you truck drivers are out there. You're driving by yourself. You ain't got nobody else with you. You get into a wreck. Look, the doctors are going to do whatever they got to do to keep you alive. I realize that we are number one in the world in trauma medicine. Do not get me wrong. That's not the part that scares me. Mm -mm. It's the shit that they're injecting into me that I have absolutely no clue what's in those needles because I'm out like a fucking lamppost. All right. That motherfucker is sticking me with. (laughs) You're going to go in there and get a booster. Probably I guarantee it's on the recommended dosage schedule and if you can't say anything against that or if you don't have anybody there standing in your corner to say nope no you're not just saying well to scary it's a scary thought be in that position be unconscious laying in a hospital bed where some doctor can walk in with a fucking needle at any time and stick it in your arm and say oh well i'm doing good for the patient i'm helping Fucking, it's like Joe Biden standing on stage today. I watched him two different times this morning, and both times it just looked like he was that kid from The Simpsons that keeps keeps his finger up in the, his nose. And he goes, "I'm helping." I, that's all I saw. I don't know why. I did not see anything else that made any other sense. It was just Joe Biden standing there with a finger jammed up his nose. I'm helping. 
fucking retard. We're we are led by retards. This is true. Jesus. Uh, and true not only of us, but of multiple other countries around the world. Of course, you know, Luna is fucking lunatic in Brazil. Of course. You know, I mean, he was like ousted for corruption and then he literally bought his election after he got kicked out. Oh, you mean when they stuffed all the ballots in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the mail-in boxes that they got from America mm -hmm. that we lent to them yeah. for their stolen Oh, yeah, you mean yeah. the same boxes that magically Trump votes disappeared in? Yeah. Oh, those? Yeah, they're back now. The Trump eaters. They're back here now. But anyway. Somebody should make a song like that, Trump eater. Brazil mandates COVID-19 vaccine for children. Oh. oh. He's a devil. Brazil's health ministry Tuesday announced the COVID-19 vaccine will now be added to the mandatory annual national immunization program for children. The Lula, his name's Lula, I call him Luna because he's a fucking lunatic. The Lula administration will prioritize children aged six months to five years old for the shots, reports Gazeta Brazil. Quote, during the pandemic, a parallel program was created to operationalize the COVID-19 vaccine outside of our national program, said the health ministry's health and environmental surveillance secretary, that's a title, Ethel Maciel. What we did this year was to bring the vaccine against COVID-19 into the national immunization program. The vaccine is now recommended in the child's calendar for all children born who are in Brazil, aged between six months and under five years, the vaccine becomes mandatory in the vaccination calendar. Parents of unvaccinated children will be denied welfare and may be subject to fines. Unvaccinated children will be denied entry to schools. That sounds like a dictatorship. And you're not allowed to homeschool, I believe, in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> yeah. So um, Lula said, for God's sakes, we can't be ignorant to the point of thinking it's not worth getting vaccinated. You can't be ignorant to the point of thinking that it's worth getting vaccinated. See, this is this is my thought with these people. If if that's what they no, if that's what they want to say, fine. If if you want to claim that, fine. Okay, I'm going to sit you down in a chair, and every day I'm going to fucking give you. I'm going to I'm going to tape you to the chair, and every day until you die, I'm going to administer one of those shots to you. It won't take that long. Well, this is, this is my point. Those people who are doing it to that, those kids, that's what should happen to them. That should be their penalty. Their penalty should be, okay, you gave it to a child who had absolutely, who has the highest chances of surviving this disease. Children have the highest chance of everybody, of everybody ever. ever. Their bodies will eat it up and shit it right out and be gone. Mm -hmm. And they will prove it will provide them with even stronger antibodies for the future. That's the way your immune system works. It remembers when it fights off a virus. So that way it can provide the same antibodies to your body to protect itself. The next time it comes around. Makes sense, right? Oh, that's not the Fauci science. My bad. Stand by. Nothing makes sense. And yet everything makes sense. All at the same time. Didn't you delete any under there? No. Oh, I don't delete shit. Okay. That's oh. why it takes you so long to find shit. No, well, I hadn't, you know, I, I've been planning to get into the COVID stuff for a hot minute now, and we just keep 
not well, doing I, that. So I, I scrolled. I know because, you know, and it piles up. Um, so I scrolled up. Here we go. I know. It has piled. We played this though. Did we? Yeah, okay. we played this last the other night. So we didn't. It didn't pile up that much. No, you, right. you didn't. You're you're too far back. Okay. You went way too far back in the history of what you keep in your safe folders. Here we go. Of what I try to send you and keep you. I know. Well, well there's some. There is some. A little bit of good news. Very little. A little bit. A little bit. Besides the fact that. We're all fucked, which I guess that's not good news. Let's <laughs> see. Is that good news or bad news? I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it, right? Mm. I've been broody today, which is why I took a nap. Mm. Yeah, you, I, is that what it was? Oh, okay. I thought it was something else. What? My bad. <laughs> Me passing out on the back porch for an hour and a half, an hour, hour and 20 minutes, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm late. I'm your period. No, that's no, that's what that wasn't it at all. That was a good <laughs> Halloween costume, though. That was was not not not. Was that not the funniest that shit was. you've ever seen? All right, here you go. Check this out. So a pair of lawsuits now in connection with the COVID vaccine, in particular this time the Pfizer one. One is at our evil top hat neighbor Canada. <laughs> That was Michael Knowles' description. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Um, and one is right here in the United States. Okay, the first one, God bless this poor dad. An Ontario man files a $35 million lawsuit against Pfizer over his son's vaccine death. This is New Tecumseh, Ontario. The dad's name is Dan Hartman, has initiated a wrongful death lawsuit, wrongful death against Pfizer, because his son, Sean, died from the COVID vaccine, there is an American pathologist named Dr. Ryan Cole who has determined, as of this past summer, indeed, that is what caused the son's death. Uh, they went to the vaccine injury support program in March. Uh, he was denied money, this father was. His son died 33 days after receiving the Pfizer uh, second vaccination. Uh, his poor son, Sean, was found deceased in his bedroom by his mother. Uh, they said that he had problems after the first shot and then came the second shot and 30 days, 33 days later, he died. Now, in the United States, there is a similar case, but a, a different defendant. He's suing Pfizer, this Ontario dad. But here in the US, there's a lawsuit against the Department of Defense for its relationship to this vaccine and pushing it through. The family of 24-year-old George Watts of Lockwood, New York, has filed a lawsuit accusing the Department of Defense of willful misconduct in the death of their son by deceiving millions of Americans into taking the COVID vaccines, which they say were unsafe. After taking two doses of the Pfizer vaccine, um, he, he died. And um, yeah, after the first dose, he experienced complications, which he chose to keep to himself. After the second dose in mid-September, he experienced flu-like symptoms and so on, and shortly thereafter, died. Um, he began coughing up blood. He had pain in his feet and his hands and his teeth, extremely sensitive to sunlight. And by October 27th, 2021, he was dead. Uh, absolutely awful stories. So what do you guys make of it? Because as you know, they're supposed to have immunity. Pfizer is supposed to have immunity the federal government's supposed to have immunity from lawsuits like this. So how do these parents get to bring these claims? Who wants to start? I'll start. Can I start? 
How about let's start with what you didn't talk about. Oh there, my Megan. God, we're finally getting past Megan Kelly and you stop it. I can't stand that bitch. No, I can't stand that bitch either, but let's talk about what she didn't talk about. Mm. That first dad we've, you've heard him here before we played his, his yeah. rants on social media about yeah. his son being killed by the vaccine. Yeah. Answers but, for Sean. But let's, let's talk about that for one second, because the one thing that Megan did not say is, oh yeah. When he got part of that lawsuit, and the reason why it's a little different in Canada, I guess, I, I don't know this for a fact. He's also suing his ex-wife because his ex-wife brought his son to get the jab without his permission, without his authorization or knowledge of it. Both of them. They must not have a very good relationship because you know the woman, the it's guilt that woman already feels. ex-wife. No, I know. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, though. Well, obviously it means something because it's his ex-wife. Yeah, no, I know. For you to be my wife and that still to have happened, I would be impressed. That's true. That's true. Anyway. Just saying. Let's go back to what the lawyers have to say. Yeah. So, okay. So a couple of things. First, that people need to understand is that what our government did when they rolled out these vaccines, they had to bake into the cake immunity against the vaccine manufacturers or else nobody was going to manufacture these vaccines. Everybody knew from the get-go that they were going to get sued. People were going to die. Things were going to happen. So you have to bake that into the cake. And just like they did with the nursing home cases, they granted nursing homes during COVID immunity from civil lawsuits for a period of time. And typically when that happens, the government plans to roll out some sort of fund to help compensate the people who are damaged by whatever conduct the government has created. Now, it sounds like they're trying to do that in the COVID cases, but but some families are saying that's not good enough. And in order to get around the governmental immunity, which governments have against their negligent acts, by and, by and large, and the federal government has that too, uh, with the Federal Tort Claims Act, you can't get around immunity or, or a plaintiff can get around that provision if they can prove that the government's conduct was reckless, that it violated your civil rights, and that it wasn't a matter of mere negligence. And so mm. these, these cases are saying, look, it was reckless. It violated our civil rights because we have a right to life, liberty, and happiness. And well, if you're dead, your civil rights have been violated. And you did so recklessly for whatever your agenda was to roll out these vaccines without the proper protocol or what have you. It's a good avenue, Megan. I know it sounds like it's going to be a long shot, but it is a good avenue to get around the government claims of immunity, and it just might work. And if it does work, it could be big. It'll be a large class action. That's my prediction, yeah. and perhaps uh, and that's uh, the right way to go. Arthur, let me just clarify, because I made a mistake in describing the cases. The first boy, the one in Ontario, he died after the first shot. It was the second young man uh, out of New York, Lockwood, New York, who had some symptoms after shot number one, but when but that he kept to himself, it says the lawsuit, uh, including she's wrong. She didn't she's pay wrong. attention. She they pay both attention. have symptoms after the first, first shot. One. They and and Sean died 33 days after his second shot. Mm -hmm. <sighs> fucking moron. She can't even. You can't pay attention. She for can't 10 even pay attention. Yeah, no shit. How how much did you read any part of this, Megan? Seriously, I thought you're a you pro. read that three minutes ago and you can't fucking remember that. How many shots did you take? I read that seven months ago and I still remember that and I still know what's going on with Jesus. it. Blood in his urine and then went on to get the second shot anyway. 
and died thereafter. So just to clarify, one one died after the first shot, one died after the second. Go ahead. So if I could be pragmatic for a second, if I was the dad of either of these tragic deaths, I would just go to Pfizer privately and say, hey, how do you feel about setting up a foundation in the name of my son, knowing that three people, there's some fund of people, the vaccination fund, and all three of them together have gotten a total of $5,000. One got a thousand, one got 2,000, one got a thousand. So I don't think there's really a lot of good law on this for um, these plaintiffs, especially since Yes, I understand these two boys died tragically, and how many millions and millions and millions of Americans had no reaction, if if any. Uh, so I don't see them, and God forbid this happens again, and uh, you know some sort of a pandemic. Do we really want to set precedent to the uh, manufacturers of the drug, saying, "Yeah, we know at the time when we really needed you, we said you were going to have immunity. Three years later, we changed our mind, and you don't." And now anyone who had any kind of reaction to the COVID vaccine is going to be able to sue you. You can't have that precedent. You have right, to right. Actually, you have to go ahead, Jonas. The manufacturer. Here's how clever the government is, though, Arthur. They grant immunity to the drug companies for a period of time so that the statute of limitations will have run for any wrongful death claims by the time they lift that immunity. So the government looks like they're, oh, we're lifting the immunity, great. But the people who actually need to, to sue the companies for wrongful death will have surpassed their statute of limitations. So it's a win-win for the government and for the drug companies and not for the people, which is why they have to sue the federal government under a civil rights violation and that's how I think they can get in under the wire and get some sort of actual relief that these families obviously deserve. There, but, he, but, but can't you get, look, it's. Okay, I don't care what the Stockholm Syndrome lawyer has to say, this, this fucking tart over here. Cause um, here, let me, let me bring something up for you. Oh, he, oh, well you had three, three people that were injured, right? That's what he said, literally. But millions and millions and millions that weren't. Wow. I, Folks, yeah, I am I, looking I at a list right now. No, uh, uh, no one's been able to confirm that. Nobody's been able to prove it or confirm it, but this is interesting because it makes a lot of sense. If you look at all these names on this list and we talk about the amounts that are on there, if this is real, it would make a lot of sense because think about their, these people's positions on this one individual topic. But when it comes to Ukraine, According to this poster, a.k.a. Face Hots, a Ukrainian official released how much money in kickbacks each politician was making. Joe Biden, $92 million. Mitch McConnell, $89 million. Nancy Pelosi, $86 million. Chuck Schumer, $66 million. Lindsey Graham, $82 million. Mitt Romney, $71 million. John Corning, $41 million. Adam Schiff, $62 million. Dan Crenshaw, $20 million. Elizabeth Cheney, $77 million. Kevin McCarthy, $42 million. Jamie Raskin, $38 million. Mike Pence, $61 million. Greg Pence, $17 million. Rick Scott, $63 million. Hakeem Jeffries, $74 million. Ilian Omar, $33 million. And Elizabeth Warren, forty-two million. That sounds about right. Hmm. <sighs> mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, uh, she is fake. She's well, uh, Megan's fake as fuck. We know. Here's uh, here's the what I was. 
Nearly one in three COVID-19 vaccine recipients suffered neurological side effects. That's more than three people. That's one in three. You can't say that millions and millions and millions are okay. When one in three suffered neurological side effects, the people included in the study suffered from headaches, tremors, muscle spasms, insomnia, sleep, sleepiness, vertigo, and difficulty in concentration. That's literally everybody I know that's taken the jab. Everybody. Almost a third of individuals who received a COVID-19 vaccine suffered from neurological complications. According to a recent study published in the journal Vaccines, the study analyzed 19,096 people who received COVID-19 vaccines in Italy in July of 2021, out of which 15,368 had taken the Pfizer vaccine, 2,077 had taken Moderna, 1,651 took AstraZeneca. Uh, while both Pfizer and Moderna are mRNA vaccines, AstraZeneca being an adenovirus vaccine uses a different mechanism to trigger the immune response. The study found that about 31.2% of vaccinated individuals developed post-vaccination neurological complications, particularly among those injected with AstraZeneca. Different vaccines have a different risk profile. The neurological risk profile of AstraZeneca included headaches, tremors, muscle spasms, insomnia, tinnitus, not yeah, okay. While the risk profile of Moderna vaccine included sleepiness, vertigo, uh, diplopia, which is double vision, parathesia, feeling a numbness or itching on the skin, taste and smell alterations, and dysphonia, hoarseness or loss of no more voice. None of the subjects were hospitalized or died. As to the Pfizer vaccines, researchers found an increased risk of cognitive fog or difficulty in concentration because that one gets in your brain the most. More than 53% of individuals who took AstraZeneca suffered from headaches, which usually lasted for a day. For 13% developed tremors, which typically reverted after a day as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not good. One in three. And they wonder why so many people are dying. They act like it's not a big deal, though. They act like it's, well, it was expected. It was like, those were the guys. And now they're asking for forgiveness. They want us to forgive them. No. They want us to, well, we didn't know either. No, we you knew. told us to die. Literally. You told us to fucking get the jab or die. That's what you told us. Fuck you. No, there is no, no recompense. There is no, no, we're not going to be nice. No, now, now we've got to be the, the assholes. Now we have to be the assholes. Now we have to be the ones. No, no. You told me to wear my mask. You told me, no, fuck you. No. You want to make a decision. If you vote, go vote. If you don't vote, don't vote. But let me put it to you this way. You want to make a decision. You want to speak your mind. Go vote at the ballot box this year. Hmm. Dead serious. And vote against what everybody's voting for. Be the 11th man. The 10th man. Whatever. Be it. I know. Do it. I know he's not your favorite, but it is only a minute. <sighs> you want to treat them at home. Give them the things that we know kill viral replication. Zinc and anything that enhances zinc, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and 
a hundred other remedies that we now know dramatically reduce the spread of this disease. And what was our protocol? Our protocol was to do none of that. No treatment until you go to the hospital. Then your treatment are two things that are bound to kill you, ventilators and remdesivir. And Tony Fauci knew that remdesivir would kill you. He knew that because in 2019, he tried to put, use it for Ebola, 2019. He tried to use it for Ebola and within five days of treatment, it gave lethal side effect to 54% of the people and the safety monitoring board ordered him to terminate the use of that drug. And he threw a phony, contrived, absolutely fraudulent study that he manipulated and orchestrated got that drug made standard of care. It is homicide. And if you look, how does it kill people? Two ways, three ways. Kidney failure. Okay. You know what? You're right. I hate his voice, but he is a hundred percent right here. Yep. Do you know that like uh, the first doctor that did an autopsy of a, a patient who supposedly died from, um, from kidney failure due to COVID. Yeah. Kidney failure. So it's do you know, do you failure. know what? Okay. So when it comes to when you're doing an autopsy, there are certain things that obviously don't go very fast. All right. When you're doing kidney assessments, when you're doing blood toxicology and you're doing liver assessments of the three major organs in the bloodstream that would affect your body the most. I mean, we're talking acutely less than seconds. It would kill you. Okay. Your liver, your kidney, and your blood are the three things that are going to kill you faster than anything else that you've got. Okay. The kidney. Do you know that the first time that the doctor examined somebody, do you know what the ketone level, you know what a standard ketone level is in mm. your body? Everybody has them. We all produce them. Your kidney breaks them away and it comes out in your urine. Whether you're a male or female, it's immaterial. It's the same thing. You have a ketone level. Normal ketone level is either from one, 150 milligrams to 100 or 280 milligrams. Yeah, that like is, the guy was talking about ketones in his urine after fasting. That That's is what looking for. normal ketones, mm -hmm. okay? If you fast, your ketones might be a little bit higher. They might be in the 300 level, depending on... Do you know when he autopsied the first victim he found? His ketone level was over 900. Okay. Do you know what that means? Your body is fighting an infection that it can't keep up with. When you have that many ketones left in your kidney, that means your body is trying to replicate cells so fast that it just can't keep up with it. And it becomes overloaded. And when it becomes overloaded, it shuts down because that's how our body works. And as one organ shuts down, it's multiple organ system failure. Yeah, because once your blood can't scrub the ketones out of it anymore because your liver shut down, the rest of you is fucked. So my uncle died from multi multi system organ failure within two weeks of the job. That, that's all it is. And when he's talking about ketones and kidney and liver failure, those are huge. Those are like those are dead giveaways to like you're dying. Like when we we have a there's uh, on ambulances they have a kit. We pull your blood and we run it through this thing. We shake it up and it gives us an, a roundabout ketone level for your blood. So we know, especially if you're in dialysis, we'll automatically do it. We'll swab it and we'll stick it in the thing. We'll let it sit. We'll get a color to it. We get the color. We know a roundabout where your ketone level is. 
And if it's really high, we can administer some drugs to drop it down, but we can only do so much because your blood is still pumping while we're driving. You got to understand while your blood is still circulating through your system, all that shit's not being cleaned out of your blood. It's now getting pushed into your muscles, into your body, everywhere it shouldn't be without it being cleaned. This is, he's not wrong here. I hate the way he talks, but listen to what he says, because this is really important. Failure, heart failure, and all organ collapse. And what happened to the people who died in the pandemic? What were they dying of? Kidney failure. All the doctors said, you heard it again and again. We've never seen a virus that attacks the kidneys. Because it wasn't the virus. It was the remdesivir. I think it was the remdesivir. It was a combination of the remdesivir and the vaccine. That's what I think it is. Yeah. That is exactly what I think it is. I think that it blasts your ketone level so high that your body just, it just thinks it can't keep up. So it just starts shutting shit down. Okay. And it's sad. It's really sad. It's fucking gross. Mm. And, the, and the fact that, you know, and I was talking about it earlier in the chat before the show started, you know, think about it. You're in a car wreck. What if you already have liver disease? What if you already have kidney disease? And now you get blasted with this shot. Do you have the whole interview of this yet? Have you gotten the whole, can you get the whole interview for me? Of this uh, yes. hearing? Yes. Cause actually I want to hear like the eight whole hours. No, the Josh Hawley interaction with him because you only played part of it the other night. I want the whole interaction where they're actually talking because there's a lot more in there that I didn't realize Josh Hawley went in on him about. Okay. I'll look for it. Because that was comical. That was worse than what I thought it was. Nah, then we weren't played that. No. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't play this one. No, we didn't. Nope. Because this is still in COVID. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I remember this now. All right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah play that one. Well, 80% of the people they put on ventilators died. Yeah. So, in fact, I, I actually posted about that because... Um, I, I called doctors in Wuhan and said, what are the biggest mistakes that you made on the first wave? This was early on. And they said, we put far too many people on intubated ventilators. So then I, I actually posted on Twitter at the time and said, hey, uh, I'm, what I'm hearing from Wuhan is that they made a big mistake in putting people uh, on intubated ventilators for an extended period. Um, and that this, this is actually what is damaging the lungs, not COVID. It's the treatment. It's, the cure is worse than the disease. And they, I just people yelled at me and said, I'm not a doctor. I'm like, yeah, but I do make spaceships with life support systems. What do you do? <laughs> I like that. I twiddle knobs. I'm like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. Rock on. Well, Whoa. I, I kind of like that. He kind of <laughs> had some balls there, but he's not wrong. Yeah. I, I said this years ago. Listen, when you put somebody on a ventilator, an innovative ventilator, when you have somebody running all of your body controls for you, you have this thing that happens in your body your body begins to become weak and dependent on that machine. When, you, For instance, one of the things they don't like to do in the hospital is intubate you. There's a reason for that because they want you breathing on your own as long as you can. The only time they want to intubate you is when they want to control your airway because they know you can't. That's it. And it rarely happens. It's one of the most... Uh, not comfortable things to go through. If you've ever been intubated before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
If you ever had to have a tube taken out of your throat and you were told to breathe out really, really hard and they ripped this thing out of your fucking throat, it ain't fun either. Because I had that happen to me too. You get all the fun stuff. So innovation is really bad. That means your body is now dependent upon a machine. And when your body becomes dependent upon a machine, the muscles suffer what they call atrophy. And guess what? Your lungs are a big muscle. And when a lung suffers atrophy, it takes fucking forever to heal it. So this is so fucked up. We, we referenced this briefly yesterday. And I think Liana talked about it briefly this morning too. For a second. Yes, she did. As we were listening this morning. Also got to get the show. What was her PSA? I missed it. I, I missed the PSA too, because you didn't do the PSA right after, right after tribute tribute. I was listening too because I was waiting for the PSA and never got a PSA. Don't know what happened. Anyway. Damn. Here. Um, Nick's best friend, Matt Gates. You know, yeah. he, he loves us. Why why do you do that? You do that. I'm gonna start giving you girlfriends. That's it. You're That's fucked. Fine. Megan Kelly is your new girlfriend. <laughs> Except you actually like Matt Gates. I might. Also gotta get some information out regarding the inappropriate actions, potentially unlawful actions of Dr. Anthony Fauci. There's an article from Daily Mail that we've just seen that discusses an investigation into the NIH under Fauci's leadership. And they were conducting experiments involving coronavirus more than a year before the global outbreak of COVID-19. They were doing so with this Montana lab in concert with the Chinese. Here are the key facts. In 2018, the NIH under Dr. Fauci infected 12 Egyptian fruit bats with a SARS-like virus called WIV-1. That was at this Montana lab. The WIV-1 coronavirus was obtained from the same Wuhan lab, which is suspected to be the source of the COVID-19 pandemic. The bats were acquired from a Maryland zoo, and the experiment was aimed to determine whether or not the virus would cause robust infection. The research found limited evidence of virus replication and concluded that the virus did not cause robust infection in the bats. But there are also key issues regarding funding and collaboration. The investigation revealed that U.S. taxpayer money was used for these experiments. Between 2015 and 2023, at least seven U.S. entities supported NIH grant money, totaling $3.3 million. That went to labs in China performing animal experience, experiments. The research was a joint venture between the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories and the Wuhan Institute of Virology, specifically with their collaborator, Ralph Barrick, at the University of North Carolina. This has not come without substantial concerns and criticisms. The investigation was brought to light by a campaign led by a group called the White Coast Coat Waste Project. They aim to stop American tax dollars from funding dangerous experiments that involve animals. White Coat Waste's founder says, quote, our investigation has uncovered the real-life horror story of how a shady roadside zoo curated experiments with an NIH animal experimenter and shipped off bats to a deadly government virus lab overseen by Dr. Fauci, which infected coronavirus that came from the Wuhan lab. The zoo from which the bats were sourced the Kakatan Wildlife Preserve 
has had a history of animal welfare violations. The public has responded to this information. The White Coat Waste Project is now using the Freedom of Information Act to request more details about these particular experiments. Of course, we will follow those as well. And this is why the individual single subject spending bills now are so important because it gives us the opportunity to go program by program, line item by line item to find where we're engaging in these inappropriate foreign collaborations to force votes on them, to root them out. And you know what? There'll be times we lose. Look, you can say what you want about Matt Gates. Listen to me. This is kind of important. I want you to do me a favor. Grab the closest mirror to you. Grab it and hold it. I want you to hold it in your hand. And I want you to point it back at your face, okay? Because when I say this, I want you to be looking deep and longingly into this mirror, okay? Matt Gates might be a fucking genius. Listen, Matt Gates puts on a podcast Monday through Friday, every night from his office in D.C. when he's in D.C. When he's at home in Florida, he does it from Florida. You know who he talks to? His, his fucking constituents. You know what they do? They they chat in the chat just like you guys do. And you know what they tell them? Hey, this is what you need to be doing. This is what we're concerned about. Who else is doing that? Name me another congressman or senator that has their own podcast for just their constituents. He only broadcasts to his constituents. Well, I mean, it's a public broadcast. Anyone can join in, but it's. I mean, it's geared, primarily it's for his constituents. His constituents. Yeah. I, I don't like him as a because he's a politician. But I'll tell you what: as a person, he's figured it out. Yeah, he's put it together. He fucking said, "Look, this shit is not going in D.C. the way the rest of America sees it." He's about the only one that sees that, and that's a scary thought considering how many more politicians that we have in D.C., which is a butt ton. Well, here I referenced this yesterday too, and here's the receipts to back it up. Fuck. I hate it. I fucking hate being right. We've got some bad things to talk about today. A new report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that the U.S. infant mortality rate rose a tiny bit, uh, 3%. So and not three percentage points, but 3%. Uh, seems small, but is still significant, statistically significant. Wait, and wait, a statistic. Pauses. Wait a minute. How the fuck is 3% less than three percentage points would be less than 3%. 3% is huge. Yeah. That's said, not a small number. No. Three percentage points would have been better. He said 3%. 3%. Holy shit. That's worse. That's huge. That doesn't seem small. Wow significant jump for the first time in a while what do we know about what's behind that's right tim this is the first we've uh, we've seen this rate go up in about two decades so mm -hmm. 20 years so a more deep dive and drill down will be needed to understand the reasons we do know we had after two years of pandemic related restrictions we had an uptick in rsv and flu especially in infants last year yeah so that may be a factor but there's a bigger story here and tied to maternal health and we've talked about maternal yes. mortality and complications a couple months ago but maternal health and infant health are intertwined so um, the data from the cdc actually indicates that maternal complications at birth have also gone up 
um, uh, sepsis uh, um, at time of birth has gone up as well. Blood infections. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. So all of those combined, you know, point to a larger issue related to access. More data is needed as to which demographics are being impacted the most so that we can have a concerted public health effort to reduce, to go back in, in the right direction where we were. Now, it's too, still early, though. To Look, I realize this doctor's a fucking retard. You want to tell, tell me something. The most tell me something. Demographic. Tell me something. What's changed in the last three years that's brand new to the market that nobody got injected in their arm three years ago? Oh, a jab. That's the difference. You want the difference? That's the difference. You all started fucking around with mRNA and started people started dying. And you still are too stupid to fucking realize that the one thing you created to quote unquote save humanity is killing humanity. Yet, Leanna today said that we were going to hear a new Donald Trump. I listened to Donald Trump's speech. Didn't hear anything new, sorry. Not a fucking thing new. The only thing he didn't talk about was the jab. He said, we're not going to talk about that right now. Because he knows that that's his weak point. He knows that that's, that's the chink in his armor. Mm -hmm. Seriously, he knows that. He knows the only thing that's fucking him right now is the jab. Because he hasn't come out against it. The only thing he's done is double down, triple down, quadruple down on it. Saying, go get your jab if you want it. Maybe, maybe there is something to the weak-willed. But it's weird, though, because he's still acting like he went and got his. You know what I'm saying? It's odd because he, if he was truly about the weak will, he's like, I, I would say, I didn't get the jab. But I recommend if you want to go get it, go get it. No, he says he got it and the booster. I, I That's my point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's weird. It's just odd because. I don't know. Well, um, here. They. Uh, of course, you know, Rand Paul is still hung up on COVID origins. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, now that we're hearing about Montana, maybe he's not uh, wrong. Director Ray, as you mentioned earlier, the FBI has concluded with moderate competence that the virus leaked from the lab in Wuhan. The intriguing thing is that if I were to say that, as I did, and others said this for over a year and a half, Facebook actually suppressed that knowledge, suppressed its spread and its ability to be transferred from their users. Um, whether or not they did that at the behest of the FBI or the DHS is eventually going to come out in the court case, but uh, it is a big deal. I've met with the FBI, and one of the things I'm interested in is trying to get people on both sides of the aisle to be interested in the possibility that what happened in Wuhan could happen in the United States. It could happen in 20 different labs around the world. It could happen with nefarious actors. It's something we should be concerned with, the idea of making and creating viruses that are more dangerous than occur in nature. One thing that would help us would be to reveal more to us of your conclusions. So for example, for the longest time, I'm pretty sure it was classified that you had even concluded that. I think your public statements were the first time we ever under were heard publicly that the FBI had actually made a conclusion. So even the conclusion was secret for a long time. Now you had to have an analysis. You must have a paper sort of description of your thought process. Um, we passed unanimously legislation to declassify all this stuff. Most of the stuff doesn't need to be classified. A lot of those 
conclusions are uh, just basically we've been had them out in the public. And we've been discussing this, but it would help the debate and maybe help us prevent something like this from happening again. If you'd release your report, are you going to declassify and release your report that allows you to conclude with moderate confidence that the virus came from the lab? Well, I, I know my staff has been engaged uh, with you directly on this, including the, the head of our WMD directorate, uh, and I expect that to continue. I know you've asked for a number of documents that I believe we're getting ready to provide to you potentially as early as this week uh, as to what can be shared publicly as opposed to shared with you in your oversight capacity. That gets a little more complicated because sometimes the information is interwoven with other agencies' information we don't entirely we control. That. We don't want to know who your sources are. We want to hear your conclusions. We want to have what your scientists have looked at. And one of the specific things we asked them, they said they would be forthcoming with, and the meeting seemed to include cooperation, but then they just go dark on us. So, for example, one of the most important information from my point of view that suggests this came from Wuhan is that in 2018, the lab in Wuhan, along with a scientist at University of North Carolina, as long as Pe along with Peter Dazak, applied for money from DARPA. They wanted to create a coronavirus that had a cleavage site in it that's more commonly found in human viruses. They were denied the money, but that led us to thinking, and a lot of people thinking, wow, they were already asking for money to do to create a virus that has the same structure as COVID had. There apparently are other grants, and I've been trying to get the grants from government for three years. The, the most secretive organization in our government with regard to COVID is HHS and NIH. We pay for all their grants. None of their stuff's classified. They won't give us the stuff. But I think in your review, my guess is your people knew where to look. And I asked them, are there other grants like the Diffuse grant from DARPA that was denied that you can point us to four or five other grants. So either given to them in Wuhan, denied to them in Wuhan, maybe given to another country somewhere around the world, but worried us that and were circumstantial evidence leading us to the conclusion. Those things should be easy. They're non-classified. We can't get them from the NIH. If you've seen them, we just want you to help us because it needs to be public because our concern is this could happen again. There are scientists legitimate pedigreed virologists at major universities who believe not only that this came from this lab, but the next one could kill five to 50%. What if they're aerosolizing Ebola virus or Marburg virus or Nipah virus? This is as dangerous as nuclear weapons, but we've had only one side sort of interested in this so far. But if more information were revealed, maybe we can get both sides of the aisle interested and eventually do something to try to prevent this from happening again. And so if you will help urge them to give us some of the information and really figure out how to declassify stuff. I know most of intelligence is classifying and keeping secrets, but there's important public policy decisions that come from making it public and do it in a smart way where you don't reveal things that you don't want to reveal. But I'm guessing 99% of the report probably already includes no classified information. Well, uh, we look forward to working with you on this. Um, I'm very proud of the work our folks did here. Uh, it was rigorous, it was thorough, and for an awful long time, we were the only agency all by our lonesome uh, reaching that assessment. Um, and we will look forward to working with you as best we can. I will say there we continue to investigate, so there may be some issues that get wrapped up in that, but, but I, I know that our folks have found the engagement with your office to be productive. Oh, shit. Point, for those who doubt that this came from the lab, the FBI has concluded with moderate confidence, the Department of Energy, which has a lot of scientists, probably more scientists than any other part of our government, has concluded with low confidence, and the Lancet Commission, 
and the minority report from this, Bob Cadillac's report from this committee, a number of groups that spent a long time have come to the conclusion, not for partisan reasons, because we worry that this is going to happen again or could happen again. So I think we should try to all work together to see what we can do to, to restrain and restrict this type of dangerous research. You know what? You just showed me that Rand Paul is a pussy. I mean, we've already known that. Rand Paul had a chance right there to fucking absolutely destroy Chris Wright. Mm -hmm. Because that's the biggest bullshit answer I've ever heard. Oh, you're the highest classifying authority at your agency, dude. You can declassify shit on the fly. He literally can. He has that authority. If there's nothing classified in it, why aren't you giving it to the Congress? Because uh, we we took a lot of the information from just off of what the president told us that the Chinese said. That's what they're afraid of. What do you want to bet? Well, oh, we're the only agency. Bullshit. Motherfucker, we have been calling this since day one. Every person in this chat, every American knows that this started in China. It didn't start magically Actually, because a pangolin, a pangolin and a fucking moose fucked. That's not the reason this happened. It started in North Carolina and then they moved it to China when. No, it started in Montana and then they moved it to China well, when Obama brought the fucking regulations against fucking. Yeah. The, the doing on the spot research like that shit with viruses. Mm -hmm. This is all crap. We've all heard this before. That's why we've avoided this. This is why we've avoided this because we've all heard this before. We already know this. Yeah, but now it's all coming out. It's about time. Where have you been? Welcome I'll, to the party, pal. I'll, I'll claim Edward Dowd. Um, I know he's. <sighs> I know. Jesus Christ! I I'd know. rather listen to the British guy. Do you feel that what we've just experienced is a kind of off-the-scale global historic event, Edward? Yeah, we're going to be talking about this not for the next 10 years, for the next 100 years. The damage that's been done, in my humble opinion, is just, uh, it's, it's, it's unmitigated in the history of the world. And this has been the biggest gaslighting operation I've ever seen. Uh, as an investor, I call this the greatest asymmetric investment opportunity of a lifetime. Meaning on Wall Street, you try to uh, uh, take advantage of information that you have, not inside information, but through your own insights that you glean and uh, knowing that most of the public doesn't know it yet. That's how you make money. Unfortunately, this has been a, such a good psyop and, and, and gaslighting job. It's still uh, an asymmetric uh, information situation where still a lot of people don't know what's going on. The good news is word is getting out. Booster uptake is down and people are starting to spread it despite the uh, media uh, clampdown on this issue and the political clampdown and the regulatory clampdown. And, and to your point about, um, you know, conspiracy theories, we, you don't even need, I wasn't in the room and in the book, I don't get into the who and the why, I just report it is. But it's, it's, it's easy to just blame greed, uh, old, good old greed, power and corruption as, as, as the, uh, the candidates here, because once the momentum of the free money from the central banks and the governments uh, started rolling. There were three uh, vectors that, that 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 profited from this. Obviously, pharma. Uh, then you had media that got all the money from the pharma ad spend, and then also they got government grants to push the vaccine, as we found out later. And then you have the tech companies who were looking their chops at the new 
surveillance technologies they could have implemented. So you had three vectors that were going to profit from this. And so they were all aligned. It, maybe we're not in a room drinking scotch, laughing, smoking cigars, but money, money, money uh, certainly and power was behind this. And of course, the politicians get all their lobbying dollars from these giant corporations. Wait a minute. Stop. You want me to believe that all these people are involved in this, yet they weren't. You're right. They weren't all in the room together. There were two people in the room together when this decision was made. You're absolutely right. And they were drinking scotch, and they were smoking cigars, and they were laughing about how many people were going to die. Look, this isn't, it's not hard to see that this is a pyramid scheme. When you get to the point, you get to one person. One person made, made this decision. There's no fucking way that all these companies knew, oh, well, we're going to get in on this. No, they chose their paths. They chose to be there. They chose that, hey, this is what this is going to be. They they weren't given a, a pre, they were told something completely opposite. A matter of fact, they were told, hey, this is really bad for you. And they elected to still go ahead and do it. You tell me where they belong because they don't belong on our side. They're not on our side because let me tell you something. If let's say you had a really best, like good friend, let's just say VLAN best friend, right? We're standing there. The second we get questioned by the cops, she flips on me. What does that tell you about VLAN? No integrity. No, None. loyalty. no loyalty, but don't put that on me. Give that to like salty nuts. I'll give it to Salty Nuts. You can go talk to Leanna about what happened between her and Salty Nuts. Loyalty is important. No matter what in life, the one thing I want from everybody, be loyal. Just be loyal to me. If you're loyal to me, the loyalty you get back from me, it'll change your world. You know, I was talking to Heather the other day. She, uh, she hasn't really been, you know, she's working at the group home with kids. Kids that are 12 to 13 to 17. Did you tell her to have home. them start watching the good book in the morning? Well, hold on. So. Dead serious. They would learn a lot. They might. She said, uh, she sent me a screenshot of some text messages. One of the kids sent her. She said, yeah, it's okay. You're literally the only person in the house that every child likes. And Heather said, yeah, I think that's why she doesn't give me hours. You have enough going on. I don't look at my position as there as an actual job. I genuinely want to be there. I do truly enjoy and care about all of you. When I leave there at night, I cry. I want to take you all home with me. I want to protect you all from the BS this world likes to throw at us constantly. And the child responded, we all love you. And for once, we all care. You have brought light into this house. Also hope. We cherish you, Miss Heather. And we love you. And, you know, she said... I told her, I was like, oh, that brought me to tears. It's so sweet. She said, you know, when I'm there, all the kids are always calling for me, asking me for this, that, and the other. And they don't pull their bullshit, their stupid tricks and games that they pull with the other house moms. Because the other house moms don't see it as their children. They see it as a job. They see them as a paycheck. And they are constantly backstabbing each other. Like them not giving Heather hours because the kids like her too much. 
These are foster kids that have been kicked out of their homes for or taken out of their homes, either by the state generally because they were abused or they got in trouble or mostly because they were abused to the point where the state intervened and took them out and put them in foster care. And they finally have one adult in their life who shows them that they're worth something, that they can be loved, that there is someone in this world who has the capacity to love them just for who they are, even though they've been beaten and sometimes raped and abused and they, they, they've been fucked over with drugs or whatever it is. And these dumb fucking cunts over there won't give her hours because the kids like her too much because they are all about backstabbing, throwing each under each other under the bus. And that's what they're teaching these children because these children learn from example. They don't give a shit what you say. They see what you do. That's what they learn from. So if you, as a parent or anyone that's involved with children in any way, shape, or form, you might be a coach or a teacher. You might volunteer at your church Sunday school. But if you have any interaction with children, know that those children are watching your actions. They're listening to your words because they want to see if they line up with your actions, but they're watching your actions. And if your words and your actions don't line up, then they know that it's okay to be a disrespectful, disloyal piece of shit. And it's not okay. So stop. Because it's not just about you. Everyone is an example. Be a good one. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> is that rant completed? Yes. Is that is that okay? Can I talk? Okay. Yeah, go for it. I was, anyway, going back to Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer right. bound. Going back to Pfizer. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I got gotcha. you. Let it go. That's what I do. I know you. Don't. I was just making sure that the rant was complete before <laughs> yeah. I chimed in because I didn't want to chime in too early. I get yelled at. I mean, there's something that occurred that is fortuitous, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but you picked a spokesperson, Travis Kelsey, perhaps because of his association with Taylor Swift, maybe the most famous athlete in the world right now. And he also has an antagonist, a fellow by the name of Aaron Rodgers, who called him Mr. Pfizer in order to mock him. But the fact is, sir, isn't that the kind of awareness that you need in order to be able to build uh, prescriptions, build vaccines, and then get people to realize the power of your portfolio. I think he is, and he's a wonderful spokesperson for us, and we are very proud that we are associating our name with him. But is it working? I mean, I know that when I go, uh, I feel like right now I went and I got my, my, my flu and I got my Pfizer COVID, and I felt rather... Uh, Pioneers. I felt that I'm alone. Now, I know others are doing it, but I, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with the idea. Why doesn't everybody do this? And what is the resistance? We thought in the beginning of the years, we thought that we will have 24% of the Americans, and that was our projection, will doing a COVID uh, vaccine this year. So far, uh, it looks like it's trending more towards 17%. And so far, maybe 7, 8% have done it. But the months ahead of us are 
are very uh, strong. So there are. Wow. 17 percent. No, 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 no. Wow. No, that's what they downgraded their projection to. Yeah. It was 24%. They downgraded it to 17%, but they're saying only 7 to 8% of the population is taking the newest it. one. It's actually 2%. It's actually 2%. But hold on, let's see what else he has to say. There are many reasons why it's lower. Uh, and uh, we are far away from uh, the COVID fear. So everybody will do the vaccine. Now we are in the middle of the COVID fatigue. Nobody wants to speak about COVID. And we have also a lot of anti vaxxers rhetoric at the peak. But the good news is that those that they are doing a vaccine right now are those that they truly believe in the value of vaccination. What? So that's a very base uh, assumption for what the vaccination rates could be as a floor going forward. But there is some sort of vaccine fatigue in this country right now that I think is affecting your earnings. Uh, you're right, but uh, it's mainly in the COVID area because our RSV has done uh, tremendously better mm -hmm. than what we thought. Our pneumococcal vaccine is doing tremendously better than what we thought. Yeah, okay. the, hold on. The pneumococcal oh. vaccine is doing tremendously better than what they thought because they just required it Don't, for all 16-year-olds in America. Put, put that back up. Stop. Look, folks, I've been watching Mad Money for a hot minute. Why? Because when he first came out, he was actually a Republican. Watch, bring this back. When he first came out, he was a hardcore staunch Republican. And now Jim Cramer's become the biggest pussy. But look at him. Guys, look. Do you remember when he came out? He looks like he's fucking close to the crypt right here. Listen to the way he's speaking, too. That tells me he's got a lot of problems going on with his vaccines. Play Hit play right here. But I think it's affecting your earnings. Earnings? Right it's affecting, it's affecting it's your earnings. Why are you struggling so much to say that? That is weird. That is not vaccine hesitancy. Dude, maybe you should have had some vaccine hesitancy before you went and got fucking 22 jabs and you're sitting there looking like a retard on national TV. Earnings, earnings, my earnings. Oh my God. Dude's a fucking annoyance. Did I accidentally close out that other one I wanted to play before tribute? I think I did. Did you? That sucks. It's going to take you an hour to find it. It you just probably is. It probably is. How about you just play this one? Um, I mean, this is weird, but okay. Just play. We're on the COVID kick. We might as well just keep going with it. I know. Well, this is kind of. There was another one up. I know, but it's not there anymore. Oh. All right. The one you want. No, no. Check this out. This is this is weird. I think I sent this to you. Uh -huh. Heard of the Russian scientist who injected himself with a 3.5 million year old bacteria for fun? For science. Oh, okay. So this Russian scientist named Doctor Rothstock digging in the permafrost in Siberia. They discovered this bacteria that was so far down it was still living. But oh, they no. tested this bacteria on mice, plants, and the mice and plants lived way longer, and the crops oh. didn't die as fast when it was cold outside. They're calling it the elixir of life. They're saying that this thing could contribute to people, animals, and plants all living longer than they should. There's a town pretty close to where they found this bacteria. The people live way longer than all the other people in the region. So he was basically like, I want to try it on myself. And he said he hadn't had a cold or flu in two years since 
confidence injecting himself. It got me thinking in the Bible times how they lived 900. <laughs> you wonder if like that is a bacteria from Dude. the first days wow. of creation. Are you taking that bacteria? I would take it. No. Heard of the Russian scientist? That's not weird. Why is that weird? I think I don't think that's weird at all. He just got a massive dose of probably infused DNA that was fucking frozen for fucking 300 plus or 3000 plus years. And it's probably the most original thing that's ever been put in his body. And he just figured it out. And, and the, the worst part about this is minus the Harry Potter bullshit, which I didn't appreciate because I think that's gayer than AIDS minus all the Halloween costumes and all that bullshit. The fact that they were actually discussing and the chick was the one, no, she was the one that said no. The dude was like, yeah, I'll take it. If you live longer, yeah, I take it. Why not? But why? What What do you really want to see? Do you want to, you know, one of the things that was crazy, my grandfather told me before he died. He said, you know what the worst thing about getting old is? He said, you watch all your friends die. He said, before you realize it, you look around and nobody else is left around that you know or care about mm -hmm. except for your own family. And he, yeah. he says, you know, you kind of lose your place in life as what life is supposed to mean. And I wonder if a lot of old people, like you see these guys that lived two, 300, you know, some of these guys that live a hundred, 110 years, 115 years, they always have something else there's always another thing that is going on in their life that keeps them going and it makes me think about what an old uh an old star major like fucking years and years ago 30 some odd years ago he retired and uh it was probably about 10 years after he retired he had a heart attack and died and his wife said that he just stopped doing shit yeah he retired he was retired he had done the military for 30 some odd years he just up and retired said it was time and then like nobody's shooting at him for so long i guess finally it caught he up bored. to him he got bored died yeah that's it he got bored of life i i wonder i wonder <laughs> i wonder a lot about that i wonder a lot about if we got something like that would that change the course of our lives would a natural immunity to some disease that we had thousands of years ago cause us to live longer you, you got to wonder. You have to. Well, let's, uh, I'm not quite to tribute almost, but let's get into the conspiracy side. Cause is hey. there a lot? No, you, you brought up the same thing. No, no, that's... no, you brought up the same thing. Oh, I did. Okay. Sorry. You didn't, didn't mean screen to... out. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got was trying you. to tell you, you, you weren't listening. No, definitely not. It's normal for me. I know. I, I know how it goes. I'm your husband. Mm -hmm. I expect it. All right. The, the audience doesn't. Well, well, I'm just trying whatever. to say. They're transitioning from one thing to another. We're transhumanity. They're transitioning the human race to another, another species. Okay. And uh, it won't be long. It, it'll be in the 2020s. Doc, if you survive, if you survive to 2030 without any of these uh, genetic therapies injected into you these uh, biological operating systems if you can survive to the 2030s and not become a human antenna 
it's not just going to be one thing. It's going to be multiple things that they're going to try to get into our bodies. Right. If you can survive to the 2030s as a pure human being, you're going to be in a small minority of resistors. Of course, they'll call you terrorists, insurrectionists, enemy, enemies, infidels, but you will be the remaining purebloods. You'll be the remaining human purebloods on the planet. Satan is eliminating God's creation. That's why, he's, that's why the time until Jesus Christ comes back, I believe it's very short. Nothing like this has ever happened, Doc. Nothing. It's never happened like this on this scale. We don't know, we don't know what kind of technology that they had before the great flood. But the Bible says that Noah was, was pure in his generation. Yes. Does that mean he was, he and his family were the last pure bloods left on the planet? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. So. But the Nephilim were here. And the Nephilim are still here, and they're busy, and they're directing these scientists and engineers. Uh, and they are now transitioning the human race into another species, which is being merged with technology, synthetic biology. Start, study that. Study. Just go online and study synthetic biology. It will shock you to find out what advances in synthetic biology they've already made. One of the other interesting aspects of this particular article, though, is how 6G is going to operate in a whole new environment. It's not going to be operating like 5G is now, uh, basically radio waves and wires. Mm -hmm. It's going to operate in light. It's yes. going to be transmitted through light. Uh, you know, Lucifer, he's the angel of light, and so... Um, you know, and we're talking 6G. I just think it's interesting that, you know, even our own studio here, you know, LED lights, they're pervasive. I mean, mm -hmm. Every light you own nowadays right. uh, is an LED light. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that it turns on and off a million times a second. But they can now use light mm -hmm. to transfer information. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's one of the words that we've come across at, these tech conferences is the word ubiquitous. In other words, it's everywhere, everywhere you look. Now, what's more ubiquitous than light? Satan, Satan wants to be able to say he is the light of the world. That's what it comes down to. Right. He, he duplicates through technology everything that God is through his being. And Satan wants to be able to say that he, Satan, is the light of the world. Yes. And that's where he's moving. So uh, we'll watch this uh, advancement in technology. Um, look, God could set it back. He could, he, could, he could mess up their technology, mess up their plans. We don't know. But if we continue on the path that we're on, there's not going to be a lot of pure-blood humans left on the planet in the 2030s. So, wait a minute. When do you all think that was recorded? Mm. Question. When do you all think that came out? 
don't know. 2016. Hmm. 2016, I had to go look it up. Hmm. That was basically a prophecy. Mm -hmm. 2016. They said they were going to give us these injections for a biological weapon that we were unaware of. 2016. Wow. They saw that. They saw that in 2016. Damn. What have you missed since 2016? Have you asked yourself that question? What has God tried to tell you that maybe you shouldn't have done that you haven't heard? I ask that question every day of the week. I ask that question every day I wake up. What did I miss? Because I missed something. There was something that God was trying to tell me. Hey, look, you got to do this, dumbass. And I didn't do it. What'd you miss? Just asking for a friend. Keep that in the back of your miles. Because that shit right there scares the fuck out of me. When somebody else has seen the same shit I've seen, a bunch of people just lining up, getting injections for no reason, killing off generations of people with, with, with nary an issue. That's my biggest issue, I guess, is the fact that we're just killing off our bottom half generations without even thinking about it. We're just doing it and we're not even thinking about the third, second and third order effects of giving a child a jab. And what's going to happen to that child? The fact that there's a chance that they're not going to be able to reproduce. The fact that we're going to have a low birth rate for a number of fucking years. The fact that we're not going to be able to stock our own army with our own people. We're going to have to ask other countries to give us people. Who's going to fight for us? With all the shit we fucked up, what are we going to call them, the Afghans? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Those people are going to tell us to fuck right the fuck off. Seriously. Hey. You want to get high? Who doesn't? Because we're past that time. Oh, I definitely do. Right. I didn't know we were. A little bit. All right. Well, you know what time it is. Get it ready. Light it up. I got to close the door. Not that it matters. Will... The whole fucking house smells like weed after the show anyway. Our kids will suck. Really? It smells like weed, Dad? No, the little one likes it. Uh, of course he does. He's going to be the stoner. <laughs> yes, he is. Actually, the older one's going to be the stoner, but... I think they're both going to be stoners. The outstanding where you can all sit out in the back deck and smoke a bowl. Just got to wait for him to turn 21! 18. 21. We'll see. Uh, no, I'm going to make him wait till 21. Just like the drinking age. Hey, hey, it's legal to drink. It's legal to smoke, as far as I'm concerned. Well... We probably won't be here when the little one's 21. That's 10 years away. We'll see. We'll see where we're at. How about that one? Smoke it anyway if you got it. Definitely smoke it. Because for the J-Man. That, uh, that J-Man. pause that we've been experiencing is over. Pause. So it is written. There will be great mourning when we decide that the morning ends. That's when the fire rain starts. <coughs> that could be a bunch of different things. I mean, shit. <coughs> Actually, it's when I decide that the morning ends, but I don't know why the <coughs> fuck it's on me again. It's your job. I was asked, are you not capable of kindling a fire? Yes, yes, I am. What the fuck about you doing? Time will tell. 
How odd that our conception of time turned into our clock of existence. You will never understand time until you realize it as your only enemy. Think about eating. Work all day, every day to buy or grow it. Spend time cooking and preparing it. Spend time eating it. How much of your life is consumed by time and how often do you wish for more of it? And then think about how often you wish for that horrible time to end. What do you wish more for? Mm. In due time has arrived. So here's what I was told. Because the final arc has chosen a vessel and he said he's not nearly as strong as his previous vessel but he listens more and doesn't ignore him that is good because the last one was very stubborn (laughs) and didn't listen to shit you all know that he did he did just listen to it his way So this time he did not choose a warrior for they are stubborn, as I was told. And I was wondering how Uriel would talk to me since he's mute. Normally they come through Mick to talk to me because they each have come to talk to me after they've chosen the vessel. But this one's talked to me via text because he's mute. So you get left out of this one, babe. You're not a, sl- a soul slut tonight. You good, good with that? Hey, I'm done with that. I am tired of being a soul slut. Tired of fucking getting fucked in the ass and not getting a reach around. Really am. Listen, this is important. If I was though. in the Navy, damn. <coughs> this is very important. This may be the most important message that we've received. When the time comes, do not run. Do not panic. Stand still, my child, and set your feet as a stone. For those who scurry shall surely be consumed. Let me read that again. When the time comes, do not run. Do not panic. Stand still, my child, and set your feet as a stone. For those who scurry shall surely be consumed. Well, that's kind of crazy because that answer is a dream. So Hmm. when the time comes, folks, listen. Yeah, Leo, I'm texting. I already knew who this person was. And now um, that he's accepted, he is texting me, which is very disconcerting because sometimes he texts me as him and sometimes he texts me as Uriel and I have to figure out which one's which. (laughs) But the crazy part is think about this really quick. When you, you boil down... Read that again real quick, just Mm -hmm. because I need it. When the time comes, do not run. Do not panic. Stand still, my child, and set your feet as a stone. Let me stop. Let me go ahead and throw something in here. Some human etymology, so to speak. There's, for instance, I'll give you, this is simple right? One of the things we did 
we caught people as a cop, you, you put them in the box, you put them in the room, you let them sit there. And the reason you let them sit there isn't about paperwork. It isn't about bullshit. It's all about psychology at that point. You put them in the box. The box is cold. The box is not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about it. Sometimes they're cuffed to a location on the box. Anyway, long story short, it's not exactly the best place to be. Depending on how you react tells me a lot about who you are and what I'm walking into. So I'm watching your physical reaction to your current state. You're confined for the first time, probably in your whole entire life. You're not allowed to leave. It's cold. You're probably not dressed for the situation because you were dressed for the outside temperatures and we keep it cold for a reason. If you go to sleep, you're guilty as fuck. If you're awake walking around, I'm worried. Because now I'm questioning the evidence I have. Because now I'm wondering, is the science right? Because the only person that acts that way is somebody who isn't guilty. They get really, really angry. <coughs> they pace around. They will burn a hole in the floor. If I see that, I start to worry. If I see you curl up in a ball and you go to sleep, I don't, I don't worry because I know I got you because you're comfortable enough in that position that you already know that you're caught. Okay. What you're was the done. dream? You said that answer is a dream. What was the dream? So stop. Think about this for a second. If that's your physiology to being caught, Let's talk about when that guy comes back. If I've got to chase you, then you done done some stuff that's wrong. If you stand still, no doubt of where you're going. Now, there's a couple of you that are getting called in front of the gate. Some people are going to be asking questions, tough questions that they're going to have to answer for. But as long as their heart's pure, they'll be fine. It, it's a simple equation. This is all about the reaping. This is all about what's about to happen. I mean, everything that we've heard about, everything that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. To include, you know, I, I just saw this thing today on, on Fox fucking news of all fucking places. There's a guy out there talking about the awakening, but where everybody just disappears all in one day, just a whole bunch of people disappear on Fox news. Yes. Sounds like the rapture. That's exactly what it's about. It's mm -hmm. a story about the rapture, but he calls it the awakening because everybody realizes at that point, the rapture is happening because all of a sudden all this population just all of a sudden up and disappears. Yeah. And the people that are left are telling the story. <coughs> <clears throat> and it's fucked up because they're like, well, wait a minute. What about us? What, what did I do to not go up? And then they start asking the more serious questions in the book. Well, what did you do? Let's examine this. Let's examine your life. 
Well, let's let's have a let's add a little humor into the mix right along those lines. Real quick, just a fun joke for you. Okay. Go for it. A young Catholic couple, Patrick and Bernadette, good Irish couple, were on their way to the church to get married. Sadly, their lives were cruelly cut short by a road traffic accident just before they would have reached their destination. Nevertheless, they'd lived good and decent lives so naturally in an instant. They found themselves standing at the pearly gates in front of St. Peter as he reviewed a clipboard to confirm their names were on the list. As they stood there, Patrick said to St. Peter, will it still be possible for us to get married in heaven? To be honest, I'm not sure, said St. Peter. Believe it or not, this has never happened before. If you bear with me, I'll check it out for you. With that, St. Peter disappeared. So Patrick and Bernadette sat down on a nearby golden bench and they waited and waited and waited and waited. They waited so long that a couple of months passed. Naturally, during that time, they chatted about their future and the challenges of being married and the fact that many of their friends who'd married found it wasn't always forever. Circumstances often changed and relationships can suffer. Eventually, St. Peter reappeared, looking a little flustered. Well, said St. Peter, I have some good news for you both. I'm pleased to be able to tell you that you will be able to get married here in heaven. Oh, that's great, said Bernadette enthusiastically. Patrick wasn't quite so enthusiastic in his reaction, though. St. <laughs> Peter, I was just wondering, said Patrick, if we were to marry and things didn't work out, would we be able to get divorced in heaven? St. Peter's response suggested that he was irritated by Patrick's question as he slammed his clipboard angrily on the ground. St. Peter, what's the matter? Bernadette inquired. Oh, for heaven's sake, said St. Peter. It's taken me almost three months to find a priest here in heaven. Do you have any idea how long it's going to take me to find a lawyer? Shit. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking right. That's good. <laughs> Who said that to you? I found it on Twitter. <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh shit. That's funny as a motherfucker. I know, right? Oh my god, that's a good one. <sighs> oh, that's funny. Oh shit, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's funny as fuck. Wow. <laughs> that's good. I'm, I'm like still that. laughing. I know. I gotta send that to my dad. He'll appreciate that. It's funny. He trades jokes all day long. It's ridiculous. I need to send that to my dad. I'm terrible at jokes, by the way. Literally, like, if I can't read them off the screen, the only joke that I ever remembered in my entire life was <laughs> one that my mother told. And, like, y'all know, I remember everything. But for some reason, jokes just escape me. Maybe Joel is right, and I don't really have a sense of humor. <laughs> But my mom told a joke once we were, okay, we were at a Chinese restaurant, which this was right before my mom and my stepdad got married. Yeah, she was single. Um, and we went out to dinner with a bunch of her girlfriends. Okay. And I was 12. And I was about the same size as I am right now. Not very big. Actually, it's two jokes. I remember. One's not really a joke. Because, you know, ladies sitting around the table talking shit. Ladies sitting around the table talk a lot of shit. And at one point, 
um, I made some comment about how I, I hoped that I would get bigger up top. And my mom looked at me and she said, oh, don't worry about it. More than a mouthful's a waste. I was 12. Anyway, but the one joke that they told at this little dinner party that I will remember forever. Jesus. <laughs> You're about to make an ass out of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> so this koala bear, <laughs> he's walking down the street and a prostitute comes up <laughs> and propositions him. And uh, and he's like, oh shit, okay, this is fun. And he goes and he, he does his thing. And she says, all right, that's going to be a hundred dollars. And he says, for what? She says, you know, for, for doing the deed, I, I'm a hooker, honey. I don't do that shit for free. I get paid. And he says, well, lady, I'm a koala bear. I eat pussy and leaves. <laughs> Again, I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only joke I've ever remembered. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. <laughs> oh, anyway. I hope it's the weed. I hope it's the weed. <laughs> I swear to God, we got some new stuff. It's pretty good. I got to say, wow, I hope it's the weed. Holy yeah. shit. I know, it's a really bad joke. It's horrible, but it's fun. <laughs> All right. Oh, we'll, we'll get into I know, that is funny, but what the fuck? I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, guys. Don't you even start. You know, all of you motherfuckers that are saying anything about this right now, <laughs> you all know you heard your first titty joke when you were nine years old from your father. Absolutely. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't even talk. Absolutely. We were nine years old and we were hearing about titties and fucking pussy. Stop. I wasn't allowed to watch uh, You Can't Do That on Television or um, what was the other one? The. Um, Nickelodeon? Or no, no, no. The 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 family, the 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 fucking white trash family. You know, the shoe salesman, Al Bundy. Oh, Al Bundy. The, yeah. Uh, oh shit. I was I wasn't allowed to watch Al Bundy, um, and I wasn't allowed to watch most <laughs> most of Nickelodeon. But my mom could tell sex jokes at the dinner all day long. <laughs> Jesus. Holy anyway. Shit. Wow. I'm still. My guts hurt. Uh, okay. Wow. That's all right. Funny. So that's uh, some funny shit. I'm not sure, you know, I like Dolores Cannon on, um, I don't quite subscribe to all of her where she's, I'm not on the same path that she's on, but I think what she has to say is very interesting. Married so. with children. There it is. Married, married with, with children. children. Yeah. That's I wasn't allowed to watch that anyway. Yeah. But there's a paradox here. These people are supposed to be, uh, spreading energy to people, but they don't like people. They'd rather stay home by themselves. Many of the second wave live alone. They uh, work from their homes. They have no desire to go out and mix with people. 
They don't like the energies of the other people. Many of them don't get married. First and second wave, many of them don't marry and don't have children because having children, you create karma. And when they, these volunteers come in to earth, they have a coating, a covering, a sheath over their body, their soul, to keep them from accumulating karma. It kind of bounces off of them because they don't want them to be stuck here. Do your job and get out. So they're just here to help. So the second wave had it a little easier, but still you're here just to generate energy and help people. The third wave, of course, are the children, the new children that have come in. Everybody's DNA is being changed. It's all part of this shifting into the new earth. Everybody's DNA is being changed. Now with this shifting, the older people are having the hardest time adapting. Of course, the young people are already there. Their DNA is already where it's supposed to be when they come in. They are so advanced. They're there already. That's the third wave. The gift of the world are these children. But the other ones, we have to catch up. But I said it has to be a gradual process, a gradual shifting. And many of these, especially the older people, is that if you can't handle it, you'll transition. Because now the energy is speeding up and they're moving much, much faster. You can't really disagree with that. Think no. about that. Think about we had the we our generation spans all the old technology and the new technology. It is actually the probably the sexiest generation to be in. However, outside of that, if you think about it, just people a couple years are senior, maybe five years are senior. They they when we talk about doing this shit that we do every day, or we talk about shit, you know, doing a pot, everybody's like, how the fuck do you even know how to do that? And yet our kid is taking a podcasting class in middle school. I, I mean, she's not wrong. She's not in the theory. She's not. And you know, her talking about the ones coming down in, in a sheath now to, to save themselves from karma. And that's, Yes and no. Literally, yes and no. Anyone who, who, any soul that comes to earth, every soul that comes to earth, whether they have children or not, when they leave this earth, they will be judged. Everybody is judged, even archangels. When archangels choose a vessel and they come to this earth, when that vessel dies, which it will, the original soul of that vessel is judged and the archangel's soul is also judged. They have to be judged again before they can return to heaven because they've been here on earth, period. That was why we were waiting for Uriel because if Uriel, if the day came before Uriel chose a vessel then he did his thing without a vessel, then he would 
potentially get back into heaven without being judged, which would create a paradox. It wouldn't be balanced. So she's kind of right. And she's, I mean, she is right. She just, she sees it, explains it differently than we do. That's all. It's the same concept. It's the same thing. It's just, she just does a different way of seeing it. But she's absolutely right about the children. You ever wondered how your kids just know how to use technology? Like we, we deliberately kept technology from both our, of our children, from our kids for a long time, like yeah, five years of their life. Yeah. Like literally they didn't get anything that was electronically operated where they could look at a screen until they were like five. Well, until Connor was nine and Liam was, yeah, Liam was five or six. Um, when we started letting him and even then it was very limited, but, and I mean, they, you know, when you were deployed, Connor could talk to you, but it was on a flip phone. I, get, I got one of those indestructible, indestructible flip phones so that a toddler could talk to his dad while he was deployed, even though he didn't know who he was talking to, but it was, it was more for you than it was for the kid. Yeah. But, but um, Absolutely. yeah, but you know, <coughs> when he was nine or for his ninth, you know, for Christmas, he had just turned nine. He begged, begged for a computer, begged for a laptop. So we got him this, like, or I got him because he was deployed. This, um, or you came home just before Christmas then. Yeah. Uh, this, like, build your own laptop kit, build your own computer kit. And it was literally some pressed particle board, like a bunch of pieces of board some wires cardboard and, and, and a two inch yeah. LCD screen. And he had that shit assembled in an hour. He had it connected to the internet 30 minutes after, and then he was casting it to the living room TV, which it didn't have the capability to do or wasn't supposed to be able to do an hour after that. How did he know how to do that? I, he had, had no exposure to <laughs> electronics and he was eight years old. No. Or nine years old. He'd literally just turned nine five days before. How do you know how to do that? The only exposure he would have had would have been in school. And how much do you actually get in school? Mm -hmm. So it, it was pretty crazy. So yeah, still is. He, he, yeah, he's still a nerd. Where do these kids learn how to do these things? I mean, Where she's right from? in that. That's the, the right yeah. part of her aspect. That's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah, I, I agree with her on that. And that's not like, how do kids know that? We kind of know a little bit of both, but we're not good in either side. We're not good with the advanced shit and we're not good with the past shit. Well, we're pretty good with the past shit. I mean, I could still run a DOS system like a champ. I mean, my we, son we would look at to, it and go, C colon backslash. Is that what that is? We know what is that? Is that a command prompt? Run a a rotary dial phone they probably couldn't figure that shit out that's true too yeah. or a walkman or a, or oh even better a boom box yeah. oh man although what's that's that's just coming back like a vintage ipod is like a thousand dollars a you, vintage a vintage ipod i'm like iPod? i think i have a couple sitting in the door somewhere yeah. <laughs> i think we do i think i should go scrounge those up i bet that has some damn good music on it too i just need to find a charger for it because it's like the old Zip. school wide one. <laughs> oh really i got i got one okay well good because i know i have one in the drawer out in the pool house. i saw a cable floating around a couple days ago it's over Craziness. there somewhere anyway but she wasn't wrong about them trying to change, you know, 
are, you wonder why they're trying to use the jab to change your DNA because they are. And you know, I've told y'all that what DNA really means, deoxyribonucleic acid, literally translates to the truth of the one God and the fire inside. The truth of the one God and the fire inside is your DNA. And if you change that truth, the message from your mRNA, your RNA, and your DNA, can your DNA evolve the way it's supposed to? Where will your children be born with the DNA for the new earth that's coming? You know, there's before I play this this clip here, there's one other thing I wanted to to read you guys. Because I asked our friend, Brother Matt, I sent him the uh, the Archangels Among Us Truespiracy that we did. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, it was a marathon. Watched a bit of it. But I asked him specifically if he could look into, if he'd heard anything about fire, or fire rain. And this was a prophecy from April 16th. And it lines up with exactly what I was told by Uriel last night as well. I have appointed a day unlike any other day. It is the day of the Lord, the day of Jacob's trouble, the day of judgment. And there will be great sorrow on the earth in that day. The world will tremble at my coming. They will not rejoice at my coming. They will not welcome you because they have not welcomed me in their hearts. But my people who know my name will long for that day. I have appointed judgment on the earth. Fire. But then you will see the holy city descending from on high, arrayed in gold in the splendor of my hand. I will give you a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, the city of my dwelling. You will walk my streets. You will eat at my table. At the feast of the bridegroom, you will have your place at my table. If it were not so, I would have told you. Remember what I said to you. I go before you to prepare a place for you. The rooms are made ready. The table is set. The day is appointed. Prepare for the marriage feast of the Lamb. I will send my messengers to those who were invited to the feast. But if they will not come in, then I will send my messengers to the highways, to the marketplaces. I will bring in all who are prepared for the feast. I will give you a new role to go with your new name. It is a robe dipped in my blood. It was bought with a price. It was the price that only I could pay. But I have paid it because of my love for you so that you will be with me where I am. Prepare for the feast of the lamb. Now there is silence from the deep, but my angel sits ready to open the ancient gates. That's deep. That's deep. So that Ooh. literally brings all the, the that that wraps up the prophecies from Gabriel, from Uriel, and from Dolores Cannon, <laughs> all in one right there. Wow. Yeah. So even the young part that was. Ooh. So. Okay. Believe what you want. 
I am just telling you, believe what you want. But when three, you do you, bro. When three different people who have literally, we have no, no physical contact no, between. We've not. We've. I mean, well, one of them I met on this journey, as I've met so many. Um, and you know, we've spoken after this all started to us, for us, with us, whatever. And they actually complimented us on our bravery to come out and talk about it because anybody else would have thought I'm fucking nuts. Maybe I should check myself into an insane asylum. And they all thought the same thing too. Yes. Every single one. Again, we've been brought together for a reason. Part of that reason is to let each other know that you're not crazy. You're not nuts. Because this, you can't have such. There's no way. But similar experiences like that's just that it can only be God. There's no way that think about it this way. There's no way you're all here and you're listening to each other. You're talking to each <laughs> other. You're interacting with each other in this chat, just like you do at, during Liana's show, just like you do during the good book, just like you do during freedom gardens or true spiracy. There's a, there's a reason why we were driven to do this. We're, we're supposed to talk to you. Yeah. We're, you're supposed to hear this. I don't know why we do it. It's not, trust me. If I didn't have to do this, man, life would be a little bit easier. Not much, but a little bit. I it's immaterial. We have to do this. So we're doing it. So there you go. Leo, you will be the most favorite among the saints because you incessantly ask questions and doubt everything do it doubt it please i i don't want you to believe it i honestly don't doubt it <laughs> but when the time comes don't say i didn't tell you so because i'm gonna be Leo that guy will be the one to i'll be that guy and inside jesus's chest after he's raised from the dead and said how is your heart still beating yes that's you leo that's why we love you <laughs> it's awesome don't stop I, I just, I'm telling you, there's something about this. I'm telling you, there's no way that there's so many people with the same story talking about the same thing, getting saying the same, the same shit, getting the same message. How do you, when do you say, okay, okay, maybe I believe in this or, well, maybe I have been a doubting Thomas and maybe I am that Thomas. Or maybe we're all crazy at the end of the world together. Or maybe. Hey. Fucking A, if we're all going to walk off a cliff, let's do it hand in hand. You know what? That's my thought. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> let's do it together. You know what I'm saying? Here's how they're fucking with your DNA. Because he wasn't wrong. If you make it to 2030 as a pure blood, Good. I'll be there well with done. you. Well done. But hey, there won't be many of here us you go. Left. You know what? If you make it to there, this is what you get. It's a preemptive one. Thunder. 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 Thunder kiss. Get the fuck out of here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's what you get. Redneck Renegade has a question for you, babe. While I play this, go ahead and ask your question. Questions. They use two processes, Pfizer, Moderna, Pfizer especially. They use two processes. The first process was the vaccines that they did the mock-ups for the clinical trials. They used a PCR to amplify and create the DNA. But when they kind of got the green light from the regulators. They said, well, we need to make billions of copies of this. So you, they use this circular 
uh, bacterial DNA plasmid to replicate this. And in order to do that, they fed it in there and it just replicated all of these, all of these uh, mRNA DNA sample copies. Problem was that it left a lot of kind of junk DNA in there, contaminated the vaccine. Yeah. So we have a study now from Kevin McKernan and co-authors that, that was out, out in October, DNA fragments detected in monovalent and bivalent Pfizer Moderna vaccines from Ontario, Canada. So the ones, you know, process two, those are the ones out being injected into people. So those are out there for researchers to grab these vials and start testing them. And so that's what, that's what these authors and these researchers did. They took 27 mRNA vials in Ontario, Canada, and it was taken from 12 different lots. So what they looked at, they, they used uh, methods to check out how much DNA was in here. And this was their conclusion. Let's just jump right to that. It says, in, in conclusion, these data demonstrate the presence of billions to hundreds of billions of DNA molecules per dose in these vaccines. Using fluorometry, all vaccines exceed the guidelines for residual DNA set by the FDA and WHO of 10 nanograms per dose by 188 to 509 fold. So wow. let's- I mean, that's not like, that's not 500%. That's 500 times the amount that's acceptable. I just want to take a moment. 500 times the acceptable amount of DNA, of junk DNA, just extra, just, you know, whatever, just floating around. How many of those become an extra chromosome at one point? Just wondering. Just, children? Just asking for a friend because when you got too many, all of a sudden you have an autistic generation. Oh yeah. We forgot about that. Yeah. That's the other shit. This is these vaccinations have been doing, you know, I have never, I go to the doctor fucking hand, whatever. I have never, ever, I've literally been pestered, hounded. They don't stop. We want to inspect your colon. No, you don't get a chance to. Sorry. It's not how that happens. It works. Trust me. It works every day. Not, not worried about my colon right now, folks. I'm not going to see a doctor to fucking shove something up my ass all the way to my fucking neck to let me know. Oh, it's all clear. Thanks. Well aware of that. I don't need your bullshit. So I'm not really, I'm not really worried about it. That's the crazy part. We, when you don't eat the crap, and you stop the bullshit, you really kind of quit work. Cause one thing you notice, you don't gain any weight. Mm -hmm. You actually lose weight. You actually become thinner, a little bit more lean. Have you ever seen an actual healthy dog? A really truly healthy dog is very lean, almost looks skin and bones to you and I because of what we feed our animals and we feed our animals shit every day. If you're buying it from the, store can you stop that for like at least a minute because literally that's been going on for the last 30 seconds 40 seconds at okay. least holy shit no. you're gonna put me back in the future <laughs> <sighs> but seriously think about it i don't eat their bullshit i don't go to a gym because I'm not going to pay their ridiculous price because can't afford it. First thing to go peace. Uh, I can do pushups and sit-ups out in the yard. Uh, so you got to do, if you can do some pushups and sit-ups out in the yard, good to go. 
As long as you do it every morning, you'll be fine. I don't, I don't even need to do that because I like so haul wood and or or you work a very physical job like shovel compost and whatever you're building fucking houses or you're doing some crazy shit where you're throwing shit over your shoulder every day like you're picking up a garage door doing stupid shit like that yeah then yeah okay then you're probably fine just eat natural food and you'll be fine you won't gain weight you'll probably lose weight You'll become more thin. You'll become more lean and your body's going to process all of it needs to process a lot faster. You're going to heal 20 times quicker. If you hurt yourself, you know, if you cut yourself, I cut myself what three weeks ago, folks, three weeks ago, I had a fucking grinding wheel blow up on me, slashed up my arm. Look at that. Barely even tell it's there anymore. You can see her little red spot where it was. Yeah, it was a little scar. Nothing. I read a story about a. Just saying. You know, I like to read these like little random stories here and there, whatever. Um, this very poor family that lived in Central America, and uh, they couldn't afford to have any pets. Like they had animals on their farm, you know, their little, yeah. little small farmage, but they couldn't afford to have any animals that didn't produce for them. So. They, you know, they couldn't afford to have a dog or anything like that because as just a pet. And then one day a little boy brings home a dog, brings home a puppy, maybe eight, nine months old, you know, found a stray and it followed him home. And the dad said, well, we can't afford to feed him. And the child said, well, I'll just share some of my food with him. And so every night the child shared his food his all natural home cooked food with no preservatives and no pesticides and nothing because they grew all of their own food. They couldn't afford to buy anything. So every night the child shared a little bit of his dinner with the dog. And eventually the whole family fell in love with the dog and they started to set a little bit of food aside. So it wasn't just the child sharing his food. Everybody shared a little bit of their food with the dog. You know how long that dog lived? 30 years. 30 years. That's impressive for a fucking dog. And the boy is the, the the little boy is the one who wrote the story. Wrote he wrote as an essay when he got older, when he was in his forties, when his dog died. Wrote it as a tribute. Dog lived thirty years because he ate all natural food. Had never been to a vet. Never got a vaccine. Never got any of their stupid poisons, just ate all natural. They ate exactly the same thing that the family ate for his entire life. And he lived 30 years. Think about our dogs. I know. Our dogs are going to live forever. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. They're probably going to outlive us. Mm -hmm. And see, Lindsay said, yeah, my dad was telling me this story the other day. You know, I'm not making it up because someone else randomly read the same essay. <laughs> It's a good story. Good story. You know, people are like, oh, you know, why do you get a giant dog? Because they only live eight or nine years. Isn't that heartbreaking? Psh. That's what they said about our husky. They said our husky was going to die when he was nine or 10. Fuck, he lived to be 18. 18. Yeah, that motherfucker had the best cush life. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we weren't even feeding all natural. No, no, we were still mm -hmm. doing. Yeah, we were trying to I, do I as made natural some of their, as possible. I mean, I got them really good food. Yeah, but we paid the money for it. 
Yep. But back then we could afford it. Yeah. Trump was in office. Exactly. And today we've got a retard who can't even decide whether whatever. Anyway. Anyway. You want to get high again before we go into the fucking next segment about Biden and Israel and Gaza no, and I haven't even got to reload the book. Blowing shit up and all that good shit because, you know. That's where we're at. All right. Well, we can reload it one more time because I know we got plenty of weed in there. We do because I went to I, see the man today. Yes, and, and I grinded up. A apparently, good one. no one else likes the stuff that that we got because it is really harsh. So he had a whole bunch of extra, <clears> and he was like, "Did you like that?" And I was like, "Fuck you, know me. I'll smoke anything." <laughs> He's like, "Well, I'll give you all the rest well, of this no. for what you know." So anyway, we got some extra. Dude, that was a, that was that was good weed. I, I thought that was it good. Was. I just thought it hit a little hard. It did hit a little hard, but that's okay. It's very acidic. Leo said, don't give your animals rabies shots. Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. One of the worst things, like uh, my buddy told me, when he graduated from, um, uh, I, one of my best friends, he was uh, 18 Delta. He was a medic. He went through the medic course. Um, we were friends before we went, both went SF. He, um, Dude, no shit. They get trained in everything from uh, taking care of animals to taking care of humans, keeping both both sides alive. Literally, they even get trained now in dog anatomy, I just so. just to keep dogs alive, just in case the handler doesn't know what to do, which the handler should because the handler is ultimately responsible for the dog. And I was, and I know about dog anatomy, so I the taught me about it. Gotcha. Anyway, long story short, the medic is the next guy. Like if the handlers hurt, which 90% of us, most of the guys, if the dog got fucked up, the handler, the handler got fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. Um, they both were pretty fucked up and uh, it was somebody like me who ran up on them and tried to help and uh, didn't know anything, but our medic had, he was, <laughs> He was begging the veterinary care too. One of the things he told me when I was just starting there, he was like, dude, one of the first things you never do, don't ever take your dog on post to the vet. I said, why? He said, they're going to give them all the standard series shots. I said, okay, what's wrong with the standard series shots? Eventually it'll kill him. Mm-hmm. It will. He said, you know what hip dysplasia is? I said, yes. He said, I had a German shepherd. You know why that German Shepherd got hip dys dysplasia? I said, I don't know. Why? Because it had the first and second series shots. Oh. Same reason that our Springer Spaniel was bilateral cryptorchid and had hip dysplasia. It had a... <clears throat> so what it does is produce basically another enzyme in the blood that causes a reaction in the joints of certain breeds. In certain breeds, like for instance, wolfhounds, they have a lifespan of nine years. That is their normal lifespan. Now, I know a lady in Scotland. Um, she is an amazing woman. I've talked to her several times online. She's awesome. She answers questions. I've asked her questions about my wolfhound. And uh, she's raised two different litters now. Her oldest wolfhound lived to be 24 years old. Damn. Never once touching any of the shit in the store. Yep. All, all he, all they ate was pure food. 
natural rice, grain, barley, whatever she could find, she put into the mix so it would help their immune system and everything in a dog you could give a dog dandelion heads mm-hmm. dandelion leaves you can give them whatever you find out in your garden matter of fact if you give them what you find out in your garden it's better for them because for a dog it improves their immunity if they eat it yep so look folks you do what you want but i got a feeling my dogs are going to live fucking longer than i do I which mean, is a scary fucking thought you know Unless they die from other circumstances, but if they're able to live naturally, then yes. I, they, I think they would live forever. They yeah. have never, they, I mean, they had very early on in both they of their had lives. Their, and they had their initial se- shot series. Um, but know, that's the only them. way we can get them. So. Yeah. Although I tell since you, then though, Annie's about to go in heat any minute, literally any, she's, She's getting shame. Has got his nose buried somewhere. I'm she's not getting, gonna tell snar- you where, she's like, getting snarly. So like, I can tell, like you can tell she's totally about to go into heat. Um, we're going to have fucking going on here. During yeah, the show. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> if I, I'm just saying though, if we have puppies and you want one and you want one, they will be fully unvaccinated when we, yeah, this will be a completely. This will be completely between us. We're not gonna and no papers, be, no nothing. It'll be up to y'all if you want to get them jabbed or not. But, um, yeah, it'll be completely straight up underneath the. Yep. Because I tell you what, and I mean they're both purebred. <laughs> She's a purebred Irish setter with papers. He's a pure purebred Irish wolfhound with papers. We could get them papered through the hybrid association. Um, but we'd also have to get them vaccinated. Yep, too. not doing it. And I'm not doing that. Nope. So no, they can, uh, you can take them as you will. And, um, we're not going to charge you a ton of money for them and puppies. Jesus. Not cheap puppies, but yeah. Um, they're going to be outstanding though. I mean, we'll give them to you at the appropriate time. Eight weeks, 16, 10 weeks, well, 10 weeks, 10 weeks, 10 weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll break them at the right time and we'll, uh, separate them at the right time and, Anyway, uh, last summer I had a Lib Rainbow shirt dyke at the dog park advertising free COVID shots for dogs at her paw's daycare. Ugh. For fuck's sake. Dude, life of Brian would kill them. Yeah. It's a good thing it wasn't in Canada. Yep. Anyway. Figures it was here in the U.S. You want to get high? Oh, shit. Did you unload it's right it? here. It's loaded, babe. We've oh, okay. Fuck yeah. We've just been talking. Sweet. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Fuck. He completely forgot about that. He's like, wait, what? Fuck yeah, I he forgot. He totally forgot about I completely round forgot. I was like, yeah. Round two. Here we go. Smoke it up if you got it, motherfuckers. Round two. Do what you can. If you can uh, puff on a vape, puff on a vape. If you can't, it smokes some weed, smokes some weed. If you're driving a truck, God bless you. Flash your high beams. Just let everybody know else know that you're listening. Because you know what? When you guys are on the road, fuck everybody else. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what? I took Seamus to the vet uh, six months or so ago because uh, he had a, a very large hematoma on his elbow, which happens especially with giant dogs as they're growing because they 
they, he lays on his elbow. He puts so much weight on it that it's just a, a it's not pus. It's, it's a, a fluid abscess, essentially, right? It's a water blood abscess. That's all it is. And the vet was actually really cool. I took him to the vet. You no, no, I took him then, too. No, I, I took him in for that. That was the one I took him in for because I was the one that told you that, yeah, they could clip it. We could clip it. Wouldn't do anything. Wouldn't change anything well, because it's still going to gather fluid. Um, well, she said, you know, we can... No, I took him in the first time. You took him back for the checkup. Oh, okay. Okay. Whatever. So when I took him in the first time, and she was like, well, first she was like, you know, he's overdue for his, his vaccinations. And I was like, yeah, I can't afford them right now. And she was like, okay. Um, so that was pretty cool. They're not so bad there. But uh, they're required to say that, but they don't push it. So that's good. But for the hematoma, she was like, you know, he can, I can drain it. We can cut it out. It'll probably come back. Or... As he gets bigger, it, it may just resolve on its own if you just want to wait. She's like, but, you know, I'll give him some anti-inflammatories, blah, 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 and you can bring him back in six weeks. And that's when he brought him back in. I never gave him the anti-inflammatories because I won't give that shit to the dogs. Instead, I put organic castor oil on it. I literally wrapped, like, soaked castor oil in a, in a gauze pad, and I wrapped it around his elbow for, like, 30 minutes a day. I mean, we had horse boots for him too. So he was already used to having something wrapped around his leg because as he was growing too, his legs, he would get the worst growing pains. His oh, legs yeah. would get so sore. His ankles so would be horrible. we got him frozen miniature horse boots that we would put around his legs. And that really helped. He doesn't need them anymore because he's gotten, he's almost reached his full growth. And so he's, he's good and strong. His legs are thick. Yeah. But his, hemo his hematoma now has completely resolved on its own. It's gone. Like it was never there. No, no scarring, no, not even like, not even like a pouch, a skin pouch left anymore. Yep. From the castor oil, not or the anti-inflammatories. Mm, that too. Or the fact he doesn't eat shit and the fact it doesn't collect in that spot anymore and the fact it doesn't produce those extra... And he gets good exercise every day. We go for at least a 30 to 40 minute walk every single day, every day. You know, he runs, he plays. So, yeah. He lives a really good life. <laughs> they both do. I mean, Jesus, better than most of us. They eat food like you and I would be jealous of. Someone said yesterday that dogs are, are, missing one chakra that people have and that's why they try and, to and they said well he, he said that they that they don't have a soul that's not or that they have a spirit but not a soul and i don't think that's true i think that one chakra that they're missing is free will remember that we are the only creatures on this earth that actually have free will but we're um, the only ones that can deny God. We're the only ones that mm -hmm. we can say, no, you don't exist. Or we can say, no, yes, you do exist. That's true. Yeah. That could be. Possibility. Possibility. Never know. Anyway, anyway. Moving right along. Next up in the shoot is <sighs> old Joe Biden. And uh, how we're going to get even worse into world war three because we're already there uh, is it gonna get worse yeah it is the question
does it. Now we get to find out. Well, thank God this is only 12 seconds of Joe, so. Thank the fucking Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank him. Working together to stabilize migrant populations, including making sure the communities that are welcoming migrants and refugees can afford, can afford to welcome them and afford to care for them. Working together to stabilize migrant populations, including making sure the communities that are welcoming migrants and refugees can afford, can afford to welcome them and afford to care for them. Oh, oh, so the oh, we're oh. keeping the border open. He's just trying to figure out how to pay for it. Or he's trying to figure out how to pay for the migrants that are coming across the border. Mm -hmm. Because where he wants to put the people are obviously in places where you have blue collar people already working, trying to take care for themselves. You know, who are the next migrants coming here? The Palestinians. You know why? Because no one else wants them. Um, it's even worse. No, no, no. We're they, basically transporting Hamas. They voted. They voted today, like uh, I don't know, <coughs> fifty something countries voted today to see, or they took a poll today to see who would uh, accept Palestinian refugees. And out of the fifty-seven countries, eleven of them politely said no, thank you. And 41 of them said, no, I'm sorry, 46 of them said, no fucking way, not in a million years. They were not polite about it. All of them said no. Every single Arab country does not want Palestinian refugees. I wonder why. Why? But we want them, right? Joe wants them. Can I, can I actually? Yeah, please. Why? Barter why. or cause. Go for it. Okay. So let's, let's put it this way, right? Do y'all think this is the first time that Israel and Gaza has ever been at this level? It's literally been going on for 2,000 years. Okay, so no. So obviously we all accept. More actually, 3,000 years. We accept the facts of history. We say, look, historically, look, no matter what's happened, okay, it's always been one said, he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. People have always already inserted themselves and said, oh, in the past, they've taken these Palestinian refugees. What happened to their country when they took them? Went straight to the shitter. Why? Because these people are leeches. They are everything you don't want in your country, apparently. Because we just saw a resounding, no, we don't want them. And fuck no, not in a million fucking years. So they've already dealt with the ass pain of these people and they understand that, look, no, this is not a good deal. And no, we're not going to take them. Fuck you. You keep them. So right now, this was, um, I don't know if this was the same hospital, but I found this, this really interesting because I guess it was, let's see. Would have been nine hours ago. This popped up in my feed. Yeah. Okay. So nine hours ago, this was on. <laughs> Which is Palestinians and children in Gaza hospital. More, more than 1.4 million are displaced. Ah! <laughs> 
والله العظيم اني نايمه جنب الحيط وبدي الناس تضرب علينا في الليل المصابين العجله بتخبط على رجلي وانا مرت ولا في الليل بتفزز عشر مرات من الصور ومش نوم ولا في راحه ولا في غسيل اغيار ولا في ولا عارفين وين نروح حتى الحمام مسكر نو نو اتس ناثينغ جود تراست مي يو دونت وونت تو هير ات حياك يا ايفا جدا ايش الحياه اطفال بدهم ياكلوا بيشربوا بدهم خبز بدهم مصروف بدهم يلبسوا Okay, you want to know? Jewish dogs, Jewish dogs, they must die. This is where we're at. This is where we live now. This is how we must live because of these Jewish dogs. How much more do you want to hear? It doesn't get much better than that. She is fucking, this is, look, folks, this is why I said, I, I, I'm dead serious on this. There's a lot about this going on right now. There's a lot of people that apparently have listened to what I've said because I've heard a lot of people start saying this. We need to stay the fuck out of this. Canada, us, anybody involved, England, Scotland, we need to stay the fuck out of this. This is not our fight. What you need to start doing is protecting your own borders. Controlling what is coming into your country because this shit is coming across our borders right now and canada don't tell me you don't have nothing to worry about because your borders are more open between us and you than our border is with mexico and us well yeah let's see if she says anything different <laughs> No, she was at a house before that got bombed. And now all of her family has to live here because she can't live where she was living before. And her husband, she doesn't know where her husband is. So I am sure her husband's probably fucking dead. Okay. So that was nine hours ago in my feed. Okay. That was the main hospital in Gaza that they're all living in. And then... That main hospital in Gaza? Yeah, I think it's this one. Here we go. Hmm. Hmm. This was three hours ago. Inez joining us now live from Jerusalem. So Inez, let's first talk about what we know. I know it just happened, it's breaking news, but anything you have on this explosion uh, now at Gaza's uh, largest hospital? Hey, Kira, yeah, so reports at the Al-Shifa Hospital, which is the main hospital, the biggest hospital here in Gaza City. It's obviously been instrumental in terms of treating the wounded there. Unclear just what happened. We've asked the IDF for comments, still waiting for a response, so unclear if they were behind this uh, reported very large explosion. But we should point out the Al-Shifa Hospital is the hospital that the IDF had released photos and diagrams of showing what they say is a vast network of tunnels there beneath the hospital that 
they say Hamas is operating out of. And so as the IDF continues to go after Hamas and, and specifically uh, as the IDF continues to target the infrastructure that, that Hamas uses, what they say is uh, terrorist infrastructure and, and, and that tunnel system, um, you know, it, it's likely that the IDF will be going after that tunnel system beneath the Al-Shifa hospital. So uh, again, unclear if they were behind this explosion. We are, are waiting for more details there, but uh, there are real concerns about the civilians who may have been injured. The uh, early video coming out of that, uh, you know, of, of the scene appeared to be uh, devastating. So uh, again, real concerns for civilians and still waiting on the IDF for comment. Okay. Meanwhile, let's talk more about Netanyahu, the stipulation. So, okay, so what do you want from me? What, what, what no, answer? No, 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 no. What answer listen, do you want to hear? Listen, listen, listen. Connect the dots. See the narrative that they are putting out. Six, nine hours ago, the AP put out a story with just a title that all of these Palestinian refugees are taking refuge. shelter. Refuge at, at, the at this at this hospital. Gaza hospital, right? Al Shiva hospital, with no English subtitles, with no yep. none of that. Just all of these women and children. Yep. On the AP feed, Ooh, nine hours ago. You know ago, what they never said? And you know what six, they never said? They never said why they were there. And six hours later, that hospital gets bombed. I'm pretty sure it's the same hospital. Now, I, I can't confirm that. See the narrative that they are putting together. Holy shit. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah, because yep. they never said why they were there. They never got that part. Holy fuck. Connect the dots. Watch the narrative as they build it. They can turn this one either way. There's a reason they put out that AP story six hours before they bombed the hospital. That's some sick shit. Yep. That's, that's some dirty shit right there. What else is new? But most people don't see it. <laughs> but no, no, think because, about that. No, I mean, just seriously though, most people don't see it because they don't, they're not searching the newsfeed looking for content for their podcast every night that we are like we are sure. They, even if they are, they're not necessarily, their brains don't connect the dots that way until someone tells them about it later on. And then they go, Holy Oh shit. shit. They're fucking right. Look at this. This it works. Oh, I can't believe we're about to watch Carly Shimkus. I know. Carly Shimkus is hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would that sell? All Look, right. babe, if Carly Shimkus knocked on the door tomorrow at my house, I, I, I'm sorry. I'd give you a hall pass. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> but only if she brought Channing Tatum with her. <laughs> I'd have to give her a call before. <laughs> I would be all about that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, because she is, she's smoking. She's I mostly would, plastic. but I, I mean, mean, she really is. I, I'd love to see what that she's nose had, can deal with. She's had some serious with. work done. I'd love to see what that nose can it deal is with. Definitely I just want to punch it once. All right. Ones. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Texas chart. It is all propaganda. And yes, Sarah, most people will think, oh, poor Palestinians. Look what just happened. 
Look, fuck. Look, I'm I'm still at fuck around to find out. I I don't think the Palestinians understand yet. Look, they they ain't seen shit yet. When the IDF does anything, I'm going. It, it, these small incursions that they've had, the little resistance that they've met, the small amount of soldiers that they've lost, and the massive numbers that the Palestinians have lost. One hundred and fifty thousand, from what I, from initial reports that I've heard, unconfirmed, of course, unconfirmed, but initial reports of one hundred and fifty thousand dead. And at least 75,000 of those are children. Like under the age of 13, because that's that's where they cut off children over there. So wherever you put this. Understand that more than half of the Palestinian population is children. I, uh, the fuck around and find out, they still haven't found out yet. Their level 10 still hasn't hit level 10 yet. And uh, I, I again, I'm warning America. This is the most important thing we need to do right now. You want to stay out of this? Stay the fuck out. We we don't want to get involved in World War III. We don't want to put our soldiers back in harm's way That for nothing that's going to advance us. Let's, fuck harm's way. Put them in God's way because that's what's coming. Let's pull our guys back and let's just say, hey, look, Israel, you got this because they got this. Trust me, they have this. This is not a problem. So I told you all that the pause is over. I told Ellsworth, I, I think Ellsworth last night was the mic yeah, on. It was Ellsworth. Yeah, I think the mic was on when I told you that in... 24 to 48 hours, you'd see the IDF fully surround Gaza, that you'd, that the pause was over, that they would be going forward full force in the next 24 to 48 hours. Oh yeah. Well, that's happening anyway. And you're, you're Ellsworth. You remember that? Abe Lincoln came out today, today. And, um, then first thing this morning, First thing this morning. Here she is, Carly Shankis. Israeli troops advancing into Gaza. The IDF says it has Gaza's largest city surrounded and is ready to move in. Hundreds of Americans are still inside Gaza. The White House says it is working to get them out as well as our hostages released. Trey Inks live on the ground in Israel with the very latest Trey. Yeah, hey, Todd Carly, good morning. Some significant developments on the ground as Israeli forces say they have completed the encirclement of Gaza City. That announced yesterday by Israel's chief of staff, who says thousands of soldiers are on the ground in Gaza, continuing to push through the strip, trying to destroy as many Hamas strongholds and tunnels as possible. We do know those, those forces continue to push forward, but they are taking heavy losses. The Israelis say this week they've lost 23 soldiers inside Gaza. They've been ambushed by Hamas militants who are using RPGs and anti-tank guided missiles to try and, and hold those forces off. As this is taking place, the Israelis are pushing forward their air support, attack helicopters and fighter jets, trying to target as many positions as possible. 
We do know today U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on the ground once again meeting with the Israelis. We do expect the Biden administration to push for some sort of pause in the fighting to allow more humanitarian aid to get into the Strip and also let more of the foreign citizens to come out. All of this is taking place as the northern front heats up. Later today, Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah, is slated to speak at 3 p.m. Beirut time, 9 a.m. Eastern time, and he will announce what comes next in the conflict on the northern front. Last night, I asked Jonathan Conriquez, a spokesman for the Israeli military, what the Israelis make of this speak and what they speech and what they can expect. They say they are preparing for an escalation in the north, but they have to be patient and wait for what comes next. As the fire does continue into northern Israel, the Israelis are striking different positions in southern Lebanon, hoping to send a message to Hezbollah, trying to deter them from getting more involved in the fight. Todd, Carly? Yeah, we're also learning that uh, Russia's Wagner Group plans to send air defenses to Hezbollah, which is adding concern on the, on the northern front as well. But Trey, the IDF has said that this war is going to take months, not weeks. But every update that we're getting shows that significant progress is being made in terms of the number of Hamas targets being taken out. And now that the IDF has encircled Gaza City. So where are we in this war, really, in your estimation? So the Israelis are making a lot of progress inside Gaza, but the battles will get more difficult as they get into more urban areas. So the deeper into the city that they get, the more challenging the fight will be. Mm. The Israeli air support doesn't work as well in these heavily populated areas where there are tall buildings and an urban battlefield. So they're doing their job so far to encircle the city, as they've been told to do so by the military leadership in Israel. But as they push deeper into Gaza City, the fight will be more challenging. I'm curious, I want to get into a little bit more about this speech that we're expecting, like you said, later on today. Obviously, the concern is more of an effort from Hezbollah on the northern front. But the Israelis that you speak with, the IDF soldiers that you speak with, is there a real palpable concern that this could extend beyond just Hezbollah and Hamas and Iran serving as a help to the proxy? Could this expand to a much, much larger regional conflict following this speech today? Yeah, absolutely. And look, the Israelis so far behind the scenes say they believe Hezbollah is deterred up to this point because they see the American warships in the region. They understand Israel has the backing of the United States and a war would drag in the United States that would ultimately help Israel to destroy Hezbollah, Iran's biggest proxy in the region. And then ultimately, it could reduce the capabilities of the Iranian military. And so there are real calculations being made on the ground. But Israel has to be prepared for this to unravel into a broader regional conflict. The reality is we don't know. And Israel doesn't know. And so they have to, to make these calculations, understanding that Iran is playing with fire here. And they are one decision away from drawing the entire Middle East to a broader ground war. You know, Todd it Carly. is one thing on the one hand, you have the White House rumors coming out of the White House that they're trying to cobble together this two state solution again with many Middle Eastern Arab countries as the leaders in Gaza. And then there's the possibility based upon how today goes that maybe, maybe some of those countries could be in a war against Israel. It is just so interesting. You know, I, I, I agree, Leo. The, you're right. They should add laugh tracks to the sitcom. Because that's just... How, how did... So, just so you're all aware, the meetings went horribly. Uh, Israel said, fuck you. No, we're going to continue. 
and they're going to continue now. They are already pushing full steam ahead. They no pause, no break, no nothing. They are continuing. God bless them. Hey, look, this is now the fuck around and find out moment. Which God? The Old Testament God or what? the God that's Jesus' father? Because there's two different gods. Just Whatever saying. God is pulling this string is the one that's going to be pulling the rest of them. I'm pretty sure. Just saying. Anywho. I gotcha. We haven't gotten to that part of the Bible yet, so I can show you how it's different, how they are different. They they are different, by the way. We'll get there. Even writing style changes. But it's um weird. But weird. I will say that if y'all haven't started turning into the good book every morning, it's so interesting how most of what I read in the good book in the morning is replicated reflected in the news that we play <laughs> in the evening seriously or in the messages that we get like the message that i got about standing like a stone and not fleeing that those who scurry and the fact that i've seen that before that's weirder I literally, than that literally made all the hair in my arms but i up. i mean i literally like one time i read that today in the good book when the lord gets pissed at them because they start bitching again about how they only have manna to eat and he base and and basically moses and aaron um, they try and play him they're like whoa dude listen y'all you told all these other countries that you were going to kill the giants and everybody here so that we could have this land. But then if you kill our land instead, if you kill our congregation instead, all those other nations, all those other gods are going to say you weren't able to do what you said you were going to do. So instead you killed your own people. That's literally what Moses and Aaron said to, to God. And he was like, well, fine. I won't kill all of them. I'm just going to kill some of them. <laughs> and that's literally that's what he did. That's, and you know who he killed? killed the ones who scurried he killed the ones who ran mm -hmm. yeah. mm. ah no, he consumed that was the word specifically from the bible this morning too he consumed those who ran yeah Okay. So anyway, so what does that have to do with this? What does that have to do with this? I'm just wondering, you know, we are in biblical times. That's what that has to do with this. <laughs> Hello. Flipping tables yet? Oh, we're getting there. South Carolina Congressman Russell Fry joins me now. Congressman, the Israel aid is basically dead on arrival in the Senate. President Biden would veto it. What's the politics of all of this? Well, I think that what we have to do is get get some institutional awareness going on. The American people are kind of tired of busting out the credit card every time that something happens. And so Speaker Johnson and House Republicans took a prudent step. If, if we're going to do aid across the globe, in this case, one of our strongest allies, Israel, there needs to be cuts elsewhere to, to rescind some of that. We can't just keep borrowing money and sending it around the globe. It's just, it's a reckless policy. So I think getting back to the basics is really important. And I'm glad that House Republicans were able to do that. Well, I don't necessarily know that it's dead, but I, I think the issue is 
that House Republicans and the American people expect single-subject issue bills, and each of these de deserve their own meritorious debate. Don't link them together in one giant package and, and jam the rest of us. We, we need to have individual debates on these issues. But it looks like you've abandoned Ukraine. Speaker Johnson says he'll bring it up shortly, but there's no guarantee it passes the House. Well, look, again, I don't think that we've abandoned Ukraine. I think each of these deserve their own. The most pressing issue right now is Israel. We have to defend and stand with our strongest ally in the Middle East. They're under immense pressure. And so, Speaker Johnson, we take him at his word that the next debate is Ukraine. I've got personally got some concerns about Ukraine. There was a Time magazine article that talked about really the grift that is going on in Ukraine right now. That is of, of deep concern, and we have not received any clear guidance or objectives from this administration, and I think that's a big problem for a lot of House Republicans. Uh, Congressman, President Biden joked that, quote, he bounced a few checks when he was younger. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer revealed Biden laundered $40,000 from his brother. It had come from Hunter's China business ties. You're on the Oversight Committee. He's making jokes about your investigation. What do you say to that? I, I just, uh, you know, nothing surprises me with this president, which is unfortunate. I mean, this is a very serious matter. The House, because of the actions of this family, has launched an impeachment inquiry uh, into the actions of the Biden family and all these transactions. And for the longest time, they've continued to move the goalpost on what we would find out. And lo and behold, the most recent one is you're not going to be able to find direct payments to Joe Biden, what we have. And if you look at the timeline of this, it's very suspicious. $400,000 is wired to Hunter Biden. 10% of that, $40,000, ends up in the personal account of Joe Biden. This is incredibly problematic for this president. And when he should be answering truthfully to these inquiries to, for the American people, he jokes. But does the public care about this? It's an age-old scandal, if you want to put it like that. Will it count in 2024? I think it does. And I think not a week goes by that gets better for this president on the facts of the case. I think the American people expect us in Congress to make sure that we hold uh, these officials accountable. And there's a deep concern amongst my constituents about what policy uh, of the United States may have been impacted because of the personal financial benefit of sure. this family. I think that is a deep concern uh, to, to Americans everywhere. Indeed. Uh, Congressman Russell Fry, thanks for being with Central, yeah, I agree. He probably Welcome back. good Friday morning, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. Not what I wanted. Um, you're right. He kind of sounds like he's probably seen one up close. I I agree, Central. I uh, not much disagreement there, but uh, <sighs> making excuses. That's all I hear. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, everyone makes excuses about everything now. They no one takes a, no. no one takes any accountability for anything that they do. Nope. We learned that in court. Yep. Mr. Speaker, I rise today in support of HR six sixty one twenty six, the bill that will provide additional support for Israel. We cannot allow Israel to lose. This legislation is not conditioning aid. It's paying for it. Apparently, my Democratic colleagues still don't understand that we cannot just continue to borrow and print new money at every opportunity. 
we have a debt that is approaching $34 trillion. It costs money, and we have to pay for it. How ironic, how perverse. The only thing this bill offsets is America's reputation and the world's greatest defender of democracy. It signals to Putin, Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, Xi Jinping, King Jong-un, and other despotic regimes around the world that America may no longer be willing to pay the price of freedom. It signals to our allies that our support is contingent, not on our shared values, but on partisan issues unrelated to this bill. Vote no. On this vote, the yeas are 226, the nays are 196. The bill is passed. And that is how our government works. And Joe intends to veto it. Hmm. Joe's going to veto it because it doesn't include money for himself. I mean, Ukraine. I meant yourself. Move. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's he's gonna he's gonna Old veto it. Move. Yeah. You know what politically happens? Politically, horrible because politically it means oh shit. I. Oh, well, the bill, I mean, well, no, that means the Republicans did try to work with you. You just refused to listen. Yeah, it is a bipartisan bill. It wasn't just all Republicans yeah, that voted on it. 13 Democrats that yeah. voted yes to it. But Joe's going to say no. Mm. Nah, bad. Old move, Cotton. Old move. Um, hmm. This is fun, too. So, uh, yeah. Where was this? So, you know, they, they tried to they put an anti-Semitism an anti-Semitism resolution up in the house um for you know the college campuses and yada yada yada. Yeah. And more than 20 Democrats voted against it. Yeah. And people, well, you know, reporters on the street tracked him down and asked why. Congresswoman, could I ask you really quickly, why couldn't you condemn anti-Semitism? I did. I do every day. Why didn't you vote for the bill that would condemn anti-Semitism every day? Why every didn't, single day. Why didn't you vote for the resolution that condemned anti-Semitism on college campuses? Because I didn't agree with the resolution, but I've condemned anti-Semitism a million times. And we're fighting to end anti-Semitism in a real way and fighting to end hate in all its forms. Why can't you condemn anti-Semitism on college campuses? I condemn anti-Semitism and Islamophobia and hate in all its forms repeatedly. Why didn't you vote for the resolution? Congresswoman, could I ask you really quickly why? Yeah. So I tell you what, if I was in Congress, God forbid, if I was ever in Congress, I would have voted against it too. Really? Yeah. What? You know why? No. Because of the Constitution. Huh. Okay. Free speech. Good point. Because those children have just as much right, even if we don't agree with them, which I don't, but they have just as much right to protest and make their voices heard as anybody else. But they don't have the balls to say that because exactly. they don't even understand that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, just as long as you're aware. Of that. No, no, no. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. That's the reason why to vote against it. Now, there are already laws 
against promoting violence and calling for the deaths of people and entire races. You don't need a new resolution against that. There's already laws on the books against that. They are putting up a resolution against free speech. Oh, so you mean like this article. So this one, well, you're, you're all going to lose your mind. This came out. Let me make sure you understand the date that this article was published. All right. This came out from Salon News. So if you read this stupid fucking rag, you can read it here first. This came out November 3rd, 2023. Far right MAGA theocrats, most dangerous threat to America. On Tuesday, the FBI issued a warning that the chance of a staged terrorist attacks in the United States has grown since the war began in Gaza. In the White House brief, briefing later that day, Fox News reporter Peter Ducey asked the National Security Council spokesman, John Kirby, has the White House considered the possibility that terrorists could be in the country right now after crossing the southern border? Obviously, they have or the FBI wouldn't have issued the warning. The question remains, however, what our government response would be to such an attack. There's already been discussed the highest levels in, in our government and the public right now to the reaction and what it would be. So, although I wasn't called on as Kirby left the stage, I was interrupted and only asked one question that mattered. John, wait a minute. Before you leave, if Hamas terrorists attack the U.S., would the U.S. put boots on the ground in the Middle East? So this guy's obviously very gay. Kirby stopped in retreat from the stage, and the press secretary, career Jean-Pierre, said, I won't speculate about that, Brian, but we'll obviously do what we can to protect our troops and our people. Dude, how is that not promoting violence? How is that not promoting violence? If you think the way we do, because we question the government about everything, yep. now you're an enemy of the state. You're now a terrorist. You are now a domestic terrorist. Go get your t-shirt. Wear it proudly. Fuck them because you know what i found when you push back they have no answers they haven't done their job and they suck at doing their job mm -hmm. well here's uh hakeem jeffries who also sucks at doing his job but hey whatever pretty much our objective from the very beginning was to back president biden who made clear that he would veto the irresponsible bill put forward by House Republicans. We made it clear that that veto would be sustained, not just marginally, but decisively, if it ever made it back to the House, which it will not. Yo, Hakeem, bro, bro, Hakeem. Whoa, wait, wait, what? One second. I'm pretty sure Nancy Pelosi's got some quite uh, some answers for you. Sip, don't gulp the water underneath the stage. It's probably still vodka. 
listen, Hakeem is losing control. How do you know this? Because 13 Democrats voted for that bill. When have you ever seen them? Good point. Yeah, I've never seen a chicken effect like, like that. that. Never. You maybe occasionally you'll see one or two. So very rarely go over to the other side. All of the hardcore Jews did. But 13 Democrats. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. That's big. He is losing control. He's it's slipping, but man. You hear him? Holy shit. He's mm -hmm. got to be drunk. He was like, uh, 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 it was like his computer was rebooting. I, I think that might be a prerequisite of that job. I'm, be, I mean, I'm, I'm just, serious. Like, just saying. Nancy Pelosi might have some, like, yo, bro, look, sip, don't gulp. It's vodka. Trust me. So this is um that, that Fox News journalist that's in Israel apparently they they almost got blown up by a, a rocket so we're right along the israel gaza border and just moments before we were about to go live on tv a rocket was fired at this area it slipped past israel's missile defense system the iron dome and slammed into the ground about 100 feet from where we were standing you can see there are a lot of journalists around here because this is where people are normally reporting from some soldiers and police officers and a kindergarten here in the courtyard of the kindergarten there was a direct impact i'll show you some of the video of that at the end of this report but it gives you a sense of just how little time people have in these southern communities to respond when there is rocket fire we heard the siren sounding and within seconds there was an impact and a huge explosion rocking the ground just feet from where journalists are standing it is just by chance that no one was injured or killed so we're right along the Israel Gaza border. Can you can you please go to the go directly to the one where it shows the damage and everything, please? Because I can't wait to fuck. I, I I didn't I don't oh, know. Oh, you Sorry. don't have that mm -mm. one. Nope. Nope, nope. Go look up the one where he's talking about the damage. The damage ain't that bad. It looks like some it it was intercepted. I guarantee you it was something that was intercepted mid-flight. And it probably hit the ground pretty good, but it didn't do all the damage that he's talking about. Because when he started walking around, the biggest thing he could show was one window window was busted out in a car. And there was some shrapnel that went through another car window. I was like, uh, dude, there's nothing on fire. There's no burning. Um, but there was a kindergarten in the courtyard. Uh, okay, so it intercepted a fucking missile in the middle of the night when nobody was in school. 75,000 dead children in Gaza, but there was an empty kindergarten building in the courtyard that a, a rocket hit nearby. Which one's worse? Just asking for a friend. Hmm. Just saying. There cannot and must not be a return to the pre-October 7th status quo. That's unacceptable. It's not tolerable uh, for Israel. It shouldn't be acceptable or tolerable by uh, by anyone else. Uh, and that means that the idea of uh, Hamas remaining responsible for governance, such as it was, uh, and um, and security and posing an ongoing and enduring threat to uh, to Israel and its citizens, uh, is unacceptable. So that's one thing we know. 
We also know that um, Israel cannot reassume control and responsibility for Gaza. And it's important to note that Israel has made clear it has no intention or desire to do that. Because Israel just wants to wipe them all off the face of the earth and just take over the land. They've said that, they've made that very clear. But you know what he just made very clear in that? We don't really have a place to say anything. We, uh, he made very, very clear in that, that we are going to step in and put in whatever figurehead we want. We're going to try. We're going to try. He, he, I don't think Israel's going to let I, us. I, no, I'm pretty sure Israel's just going to say, fuck you and just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And good. good. Do it. Do your thing, please. You are far better at it than us. Do yeah. it. Because we have more important things to worry about here. No shit. We have so many more retards that we have to get rid of here. Millions. Millions. From everything that's invaded our country. Of course, once last... we get rid of them, I don't know how many are going to be left, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I went over to see a friend of ours today. And he was telling me he's he's going to auction. He's going to an auction next week to buy a bunch of dead houses in his neighborhood. I said, dead houses, dead houses. People died, houses were paid off, no will or beneficiary. So this, this county is auctioning them off for the back taxes. There's six of them in two blocks of him. Six dead houses and two, within two blocks of him. And he's like, the one. there's one across the street. He's like, it just needs a, a new floor and some paint. That's it. Damn. He's paying five. He, he's not paying more than $5,000 for each house. Yeah. Yeah. How many more are like that? Drive around your neighborhood. You know, I, I, since the jackass across the street, um, since I found out that he was also going around and reporting houses that he thought looked vacant to code enforcement, I was looking to, not to report them, just because I was interested to see. There are quite a few Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood that are obviously vacant and not for sale. So... Just saying. Anyway. Um, you know, you talk a lot about policy and some of that policy that's coming in Mexico is probably not going to fly with the Biden administration. But have you had any conversations with either Democrats or the administration about policies that you could compromise on to make this a little bit easier? Democrats can't look and hear these stories without realizing what a disaster this administration has brought on to this country. They know it, specifically the, the Democrats from border states, but others that looked at this situation. And now when did the president start paying any attention to this? When the mayors of New York and Chicago said it is destroying their cities. And the numbers there are very small compared to this 8 million. So the attention has to be to stop the problem, to stop the inflow the president is looking for money 
to give it to sanctuary cities so they can build housing. The president wants money to go for a welcome wagon. We're going to com completely oppose all of those sorts of things. So we're always looking for solutions. The solutions that we have are actually to a major problem that the president has brought on. And I'm not in any way interested in funding sanctuary cities. When we were down there, we asked the Border Patrol agents, we said, how many Democrats come down to do this? And they laughed. They said, oh, Democrats don't do this. A couple of Democrats have been to the border. They don't go on midnight patrols. They don't go actually encounter the illegal immigrants. We now know Joe Biden went to the border once. He went to El Paso. And he instructed his advance team, clean all the illegal immigrants out. He said, according to the White House, said he did not encounter a single illegal immigrant when he was there. He only went to a bridge. He met with government officials and he left. That's deliberate. Look, you can't see what's happening and defend it. The last time we were down there, I had a reporter ask me, said, well, aren't the Democrat policies on immigration much more humane and compassionate? I just started laughing. I said, you know who doesn't believe that anymore? The Democrats. Where's Joe Biden? Where's Kamala Harris? Where's a Democrat senator? Where's Chuck Schumer? If this was humane and compassionate, they'd be holding press conferences down at the border. Look how humane and compassionate we are. You can no longer see the human suffering. We had the sheriff of Brooks County bring a binder just with photographs of dead bodies that he finds day after day after day of migrants who died crossing into this country. You can't defend the Biden body bags anymore. So the entire Democrat approach is hide from it, and they're frankly counting on the media. They're counting on the media not to tell the American people what's happening because they have no defense. You know, you asked a minute ago about the supplemental. Understand the White House's strategy here because it's an utter joke. The funding that they call, quote, border security is not designed to reduce even one illegal immigrant. It's not designed to stop even one pound of fentanyl. What it is designed to do is accelerate this process. The Biden administration is asking for more money to process illegal immigrants faster. More planes and more buses to send more illegal immigrants to New York City and Washington, D.C. and Chicago and every city in America. They don't want to stop it and understand Joe Biden could prevent this tomorrow. When you ask the Border Patrol agents, how do we fix this? They say, look, we don't need more money. We need policy. And here's the policy we need. When we catch someone, follow the law and deport them. And if you do that, the numbers plummet. Right now, when they catch someone, they let them go. And that person gets on their phone, gets on social media, tells all their friends back home, hey, if you come here, you get to stay. That question, it's one question. What happens when someone's apprehended? Do they get sent home or do they stay here? As long as Joe Biden insists the answer is they stay here, that number will keep going up. Children will keep being sexually abused. Women will continue to be raped and people will continue to die of fentanyl drug overdoses. The Democrats can't defend that. That's why they don't go, because they can't answer these questions and they bear responsibility. You know, the Border Patrol agents, we were asking the kids these questions. 
one of the things they said to me is they said, you know, the agents have stopped asking. Because they have families, they go home to their kids and they can't stand the fact that they were just with a bunch of kids who were violently raped by human traffickers. That's happening today. It happened yesterday. It happened the day before. And it will continue happening as long as Joe Biden and the Senate Democrats want it to happen. And it's utterly indefensible. Can't argue with that. He's right. Ted Cruz has got his moments. That's a good one. That's yep. one I give him for. Yep. Big time. That's eight. Spot on. He he's we are we've gotten to the society we were where if you're wrong you're not allowed to be held to account for being wrong. Because it might hurt your feelings. Yes. And if you hurt someone's feelings, oh, God bless you. That's it. It's all over. Well, you know, the kids are the ones that are suffering the most and standing up the most as well. More and more, you're starting to see kids standing up. So you remember in Loudoun County, there was that, boy who put on a skirt and claimed to be a girl and raped that mm -hmm. girl in the bathroom. Yep, yep, yep. And then the dad then got arrested. Dad got arrested at mm -hmm. the school board yeah. meeting. Loudoun blah, County. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so now this is going on in Loudoun County. Same County. Ooh. More Thankfully, none of the students who overdosed here died. However, this highlights the growing problem about drug use in schools. It's devastating, and I, I really pray that we get a real handle on this quickly. Eight student overdoses, seven of which happened in the span of just three weeks, involving students here at Parkview High School in Sterling, Virginia. The Loudoun County Sheriff's Office says four happened on campus. Three of them required the administration of Narcan, and two of them required CPR by school personnel. It's really concerning to me, um, especially because I think the parent notification here said that there was just an, a, med a medical emergency. Uh, and didn't go into a lot of detail about the fact that it was a there are fentanyl overdoses. Investigators say all of the incidents appear to involve fentanyl. Jared Forger, special agent in charge with the Drug Enforcement Administration Washington Division, explains how deadly it can be. Two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill you. So it's about the amount that you could put at the end of a pencil. The Loudoun County Superintendent, Dr. Aaron Spence, releasing a statement saying, in part, I think it is important to note that the issue of addiction is truly at play here. And the Loudoun County Sheriff, Mike Chapman, adding, we are putting all available resources into identifying who is responsible for distributing these lethal drugs. So far this year, the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office has investigated 18 reports of opioid overdoses involving juveniles. And in 2022, there were a total of 19 similar cases. We're seeing the Mexican cartels, they're in our area, they're in Virginia, they're in Maryland, they're in Washington, D.C., they are here. The amount of pills that the DEA Washington Division has seized this calendar year in 2023 is about three times the amount of pills that we seized all of 2022. And we still have a few months to go this year. The threat is growing, and that's exactly why authorities are asking parents to have that tough conversation with their kids and teens about the dangers of drugs, because as they say, one pill 
can kill. Minus the drama queen at the end. Um, yeah. Shit, no, that's no bullshit. You know how many times I've used Narcan to resuscitate someone because they were right there at death's door because they snorted the wrong shit. If it doesn't grow out of the ground, why touch it? No shit. Just asking for a friend. We do so much better when it grows from the earth. We feel better. We eat better. We shit better. We body processes food better. You have a better sensibility about who you are and what you are. You're a microbe, a speck on the side of some nut sack walking through the sense of time. It's all we are. Let's not talk about time. However, the Department of Justice is much more interested in arresting me and you, us, we, not we, than we cartels that are killing our children. Oh, that's right. They're coming after us, folks. They sure are. We were. Well, it looks like nobody's going to be spared in Biden's America. This just in from the gatewaypundit.com. It turns out that Biden's DOJ is going to start arresting Trump supporters who stood outside the U.S. Capitol and committed no violence despite registered rallies on Capitol grounds that day. This is where we are at in the history of the United States. My name is Elijah Schaefer, and this is the Gateway Pundits Week in Review. Stop it. Okay. Oh, my God. You did not just tell me this. No, no, no. Bring us up. You, you, you did not just tell me this. This fucking outstanding game. <laughs> fucking A. Bring it, bitches. Bring it. Daddy's ready. Let's go. Oh, it's on. Oh, I cannot wait. Please. 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 I'm begging you. Punch me. Punch me. What's her name? Fat, Fat Amy. Punch me. Jesus, holy shit, I've been waiting for this. God bless. However, him. I was also told that there is an evil spirit lurking seeking to cause harm. Protect yourself. Something found out. Put on your armor. Mm. Mick always has his gun right there. Of course they do. Anyway, Come on. so they're coming after January 6ers. All of us. There's not enough jails in America to lock us all up. Oh, I can't wait. I hope you're all ready. This is no. going to be so... You know how many people they got to go after? Mm -hmm. In my mind. I know. Nobody believes me. I got you. But in my mind, and a whole lot of special agent or dudes that work for the Uniform Division of the Secret Service, in their minds, uh, there were 6.1 million people there that day. That's a lot of fucking people uh, you got to go after. St. Suffer Center, he not only has a rifle, he's one of the top snipers that the army ever put out. He also has five purple hearts, two bronze stars, and a silver star. So good luck locking him up because they lock us up. Oh, I will if you roll get to me, out his fucking medals if you get all to me, over the TV like you cannot That'll be believe. impressive. Because I'll go down like Ruby Ridge. And if I can't do it, because if I'm in jail, guess what? My kids will come on here and do it. They know how to run a podcast. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, oh no, they're coming for us. They can try to come come for my guns. Please, please come for them. You know what I got? I got the second amendment. You know what the second amendment says? I have the right to bear arms. I have the right, God given right to bear arms. It's not about these arms. It's about these arms. It didn't specify what type of arm. It said it was a just a firearm. Well, if I have the right to bear it, you're not taking it from me. And you know how you can take it? You can take it one piece of lead at a time. I will give it to you freely. One piece of lead at a time. And I'm pretty accurate. I used to shoot people at like a mile away and I take their nuts off. And I did basically sexual reconstructive surgery <laughs> for a whole lot of Afghans. They didn't know they wanted it. They changed their entire that's, culture. That's they, why they, they no asked for the Pakistani. That's why they asked for the Pakistani uh, money for sexual reassignment surgery because I had already done so many. It's like, hey. Okay. We got to go. All right. We I'm going to be back tomorrow. Heather can't make it. She actually has to work. That's good. It's good. Um, so she'll be with the kids. So I'll be back tomorrow though at one o'clock for Freedom Gardens. And then we'll be back one mm-hmm. forty-five for mm-hmm. the pre-show, two yep. p.m. for the regular show for True Spears. For True Spears. Yep, we're gonna read the book of Thomas. Book of Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mm, Donny, Donny Thomas. Mm. Mm. It's a very keen book to read. Mm-hmm. Anyway, till then. And uh, question for you guys. For true spiracy. Do you want me to pull a video like I have in the past, like we did with Enoch and Revelations and all that, and have someone else read it? Or do you want me to pull up the book of Thomas like I did for the, the book of Q and we read it? Hmm. Good point. Which would you prefer? Let me know. Let us know. Put it in the chat. Yeah. We'll figure it out between the chats. We'll put it back. Now, having someone else read it, we have a better idea of like how long it's going to be, you know. Having us read it could take. Griff, you can text me anytime. I got your text message before. I don't, I thought I'd responded. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I was very broody today. (laughs) I had a lot on my mind. So. We're delicious. Yes. Either way. Yeah. We'll be back. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday. Uh, 1.45 pre-show, 2 p.m. for the regular show. For the make. And Lynn. Have a great night, fuckers. Peace. Thanks for watching, y'all. Later.
say, there's the line, don't cross it. I got a red rider gun when I was three, so I don't run or hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar boy from the south. And you can fuck around and find out. I love my country, love my freedom. Fuck a welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun race from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, sun running your Strapped up in a wacky, I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can beat it. F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Blue collar boy, but my lady's high class. Got the music way up loud with a cigar in my mouth. Fuck around and come find out how we do it in the South. Ain't saying nothing, but you're running that mouth. I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud. I'm a son of the dirty south with a truck seat eye and he straight pipes loud. This land, land of freedom, double barrels in case we need. Man up, we'll sit your ass down. We done talking, fuck around and find out. I love my country. 